am CJ, not Carl the First. And I am Enrico, Rico de Giorgio. Together, together we, we are Pod Askew. What's up, man? What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> I love doing that intro. That was fun. Yeah, that was uh, that was an experience. Well, yeah, it, it was take a, thirty-seven. <laughs> was it an excellent experience or a bogus? I, I don't know. I lost it. I, I was in the middle. Uh, I was going for something, and it lost it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, death. Would have fucking played the bass to that tune. Let's put we, it that way. We faced the intro though. So we did. <laughs> uh, all right, what's up? What's up, motherfucker? Not much, man. Just just going through, dude. Just keep 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 trudging along. We're having it, 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 I what we've unintentionally built for the month of January just makes me smile. And the audience has no clue because there's still another chapter to come that mm-hmm. people are not aware of. Oh, uh, you I see saw what, what I... you did, man. I saw <laughs> what you fucking did. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, look man. at you. You're you're kind of a writer, bitch. <laughs> yeah, kind of, no, not at all. But, uh, yeah, so I, I like what we're doing here. It's been kind of fun, and I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for the next one. Uh, people have suggested some... We're, we're starting to get suggestions again for uh, future episodes, too. Um, that I... Like what? Like someone suggested, we do an all music one, but like so. It w- for example, it doesn't have to. I know we kind of talked about it, but they gave they gave some specific requests within it. So uh-huh. it would be almost famous pirate radio, um, uh, uh, high fidelity, and mm-hmm. um, Empire Records. Those were the f- so music, music films, but not musicals. So Correct. Right. 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 Film films heavily featuring music, but not. A, um, like you said, musicals. But I not, would not love Chicago. To, and shit like that. I, but I would love to do something on like Rock of Ages and Rent and that. I mean, if you really want to do a musical one, like I would, I would watch Chicago and I've seen Moulin Rouge. So we could do like Rock of Ages, Moulin Rouge, Chicago, and you know Rent, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, if you wanted to do that, something. I'm, I'm look the 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 beauty of being a podcaster is there are a plethora of of topics and franchises and subjects that we could choose from and absolutely say no to. Right. And, and, and ultimately yes to like, I, you know, it's, it's based on my uh, history of like kind of predicting celebrities deaths without intentioning, like without intending to. Sure. I'm just putting this out there. I don't, I don't wish it. (laughs) I have no intent that I want this to happen. But I have a bad feeling Jack Nicholson's gonna die sometime soon. Could you keep talking about him? Well, because I, I, well, maybe, but like, kind of like in a roundabout way, I've been slowly prepping it. So I've been watching like a lot of Nicholson. Stop watching Nicholson, damn it! But it's like Nicholson I haven't like seen. Like I'm, I'm, like last night we watched one for the look. The whole point is like I'm really like sad that it's gonna happen because you know he's eighty fuck years old. <laughs> But I'm also looking forward to doing a Jack Nicholson deep dive sometime. Well, yes. And and, and so two things I'll say. Number one, uh, I'll say this about the death celebrity deaths, but I have one more thing circling back to the requests that we got, too. So mm-hmm. celebrity deaths, um, today, today actually would have been Betty White's 100th birthday, like actual birthday. So uh, right. I know we've already kind of did our little mini eulogy, so there's not really a need to get into it again, but still shout out to, to Betty. 
mm-hmm. and then I I said that when when they suggested it to me, my my response was well. I basically took the month of February with things Rico hates, so I'll I'll ask him next year. So <laughs> next year. Hmm. Well, I figure with as many films are in February, I've kind of hit my quota. Well, of <laughs> I mean, Rico. to be fair, one of them I actually do like the films. The other one is like, okay, this is definitely like. Well, bat- there's three. <laughs> there's three in that month. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, I actually do like the you know. The fucking one, you know, you, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it, but you know, no, we, we, we've talked about it. So, I mean, the fucking Mission Impossible ones, I actually do enjoy. Okay, I well, I've seen go. all of them in a consistent order. Like, it's always like, what the fuck? Um, but for sure, the Fast and the Furious thing is definitely payback for fucking Predator and Alien, I'm sure. So, uh, no. No, it's really not. It's just something. It I've was a request, with. but I'm sure in both of our minds, you're like, I'm going to get that motherfucker back for making me watch Alien and Predator and all no, that shit. No, 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 no. Really, it's not. Um, um, but yeah. So not I, officially, but, but on under the surface, yeah. <laughs> okay, it is. fine. But no, but uh, getting back to what we're in now, I I dig what we're doing right now. That that whole Keanu thing we did last last episode was a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed doing that deep dive. It was a lot of fun, and and uh, hey, we're still going to talk about Keanu this one. But hey, he's just part of a duo. Um, well, yes, because there were there were certain films that were um, conspicuously missing from that discussion that I'm sure people figured out. So you know, yeah, uh, I think we also point break point break point blank said it on the fucking and, episode. And we're not doing break. John Wick. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if we be, said it or not. For I think this, we did for, for this franchise. I don't know for for the other one. Yes, I don't know about this we, one. We said we are omitting Bill and Ted and then the John Wick things because we are planning on doing them in the future. And we hey, didn't guess say it what? was. <laughs> it's the future, motherfuckers. So, yes. Yeah. Um, that being said, I discovered after the fact that we were, after our recording last week, I discovered a video. Discovered it was fucking recommended to me on YouTube because sure. YouTube reads my fucking mind because <laughs> it really, dude. I, I, I'm I'm convinced our our phones sometimes just hear what we're, conversations we're having and then you, like you flip on your phone and it's like, hey, you were talking about this yesterday. That or it's the really considerate fucking like FBI agent who's like, <laughs> oh man, these guys really need like they have an interest in chicken parmesan. I'm just gonna fucking send them videos of chicken parmesan. That'll help. Or that one guy that listens to our show since we do this over Skype, you know, the one guy that's forced to listen to us every week. Oh, wow. Then I feel sorry for all the fucking, like, porn he's had to, like, endure from me and Steph over the years. We we do porn on in the show? Me and Steph over okay, the years. Okay, but I said, I'm talking about the guy that's forced to listen to this conversation every week because we're on Skype. Well, if he's l- listening... If he's been listening to my Skype account for the, you know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I don't know where you're going and how it ties in. I was trying to form, fucking but... tell a jo- like a fucking thing here, and, and... it didn't work. All right. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't fly. Why? Uh, <laughs> so, dude, I'm not for nothing. Full disclosure, you know this, but yeah, I got the fucking booster and the flu shot at the same time because they said I could, and I was like, I'm just gonna. Fu- I don't want to drag this out for a fucking month. Let's just do it. I have felt fucking terrible and I've got a headache and I think I had a fever earlier uh, and my arm was sore. I mean, I touch where the injections were. My whole arm is cold, but the spot is boiling hot. Yeah. So I'm just, 
I'm beat to shit right now. So I'm going to see him out of it. It's because I am. That being said, as, I as saw opposed one... to normal. Yo, yeah, yo, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. More often than not, this craziness is on purpose, CJ. Oh, oh, well, yeah. shit. Okay. That being said, I saw a video of Keanu Reeves on like Stephen Colbert, and Stephen Colbert in like years ago had interviewed Keanu, and like he asked Keanu a question, which sparked this Stephen Colbert questionnaire. What the question... sparked? Huh? You said what sparked? What it? What? What? You I you said it. I'm just trying to understand what it means. Sparked. Oh, okay. That's it. it listen, I, I, I can't speak for the audience, but I heard spart, like sport with an A, and I was like, what the hell is a spart? It's it's a not a fully trained Spartan. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> uh okay. It inspired is that better? Yeah. Yeah. Inspired a fucking questionnaire. Damn it. You're throwing me off, motherfucker. <laughs> Isn't that okay. my job? Like, no. The no. You're, okay. supposed to, you're supposed to steer the fucking shit, motherfucker. Yeah, everyone's going to mean steering it off course. Oh, my God. This is going so well so far. <laughs> Isn't it? We're nine minutes in. I love All it. All right. All well, right. we filled in some fucking time. All right. So this questionnaire. Uh, so... Colbert asked Keanu, I'm not going to really list the the answers, but I'm going to ask you the questions just to have fun. This really should have been the tail end of last week's episode, but we're going to start it with this week's episode. This this is basically Bernard Pivo, but not as eloquent? Yeah, it's the Colbert edition, and some okay. of them are like deep and meaningful. Some of them are just like, like this first one. What is the best sandwich to you? What is the best sandwich? It could be as simple as just, hey, you know, I fucking dig a PB and J. No, whatever. I got it. I got it. I got to go. I think I got to go. Um, first off, the one you got me at, at Ike's was pretty fucking good, but that's not the that's not what my answer is. So, I think I'll rephrase the question. If if what is the one sandwich that you could eat and never get bored of? No, no, I get it. I'm just I just threw right. that out there. You know, shameless plug for a place that doesn't pay us. Um, you know, and is it near you? Is it anywhere near me? Yeah. Although there there is one in Vegas, so when I go visit the family, mm-hmm. Anyway. You're making the drive. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Uh okay. So for me, I think if if I was down to one Can I give you two? Sure. Okay. So one would be uh ham and American cheese with yellow mustard and mayonnaise and pickles. That would be one that I could eat pretty regularly but it would have to be on like a roll it can't be on bread there's a that that's important okay because any, any other veggies just just pickles no on that one just that's it that's okay that's it. okay yeah now on the other sandwich again has to be on a roll because both these sandwiches are just heavy for too heavy for bread they don't work sure. well with bread uh like like a like a slice of bread um it's uh turkey and provolone with lettuce and sweet peppers, mayonnaise, oil, and vinegar. That's pretty good. It's like a healthy Italian kind of thing. Yeah, I, 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 I took a, I took two different sandwiches I'd heard people were into, and took what I basically would say I thought were the best parts of those sandwiches, mm-hmm. and kind of blended them into my own creation. Sure. And I, I dig that sandwich. I eat that one. I get that one from Wawa a lot. Like if I go to Wawa and make because. Uh, for those of you not on the East Coast or not near a Wawa, and I'm not saying this is the only place on the planet that does this, but this is what I'm familiar with. 
when you go in to order a sandwich, they don't have, like Ike's, for example, where they have, like, a board of, like, 30 sandwiches. They have a touchscreen that you go walk up to. And there are pre-made... They're not even... Here's the interesting thing. They're, they're kind of like Subway in that if you want, like, an Italian hoagie, mm-hmm. you... uh. Tap on the Italian hoagie, and it'll go. It'll start popping up first, like the meats, and the ones that are on there will be checked off. And if you mm-hmm. don't want them, you uncheck them. Gotcha. Same thing with the the vegetables and the spread and all that, you know, so forth and so on. And then if you want extras, you can you if you want any of the things that aren't, but they 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 have everything checked off that is available. But they list everything. Period. And there, if you want something else, you can tap on it and add it to the existing sandwich and. Unlike other places that I'm aware of, with the exception of extra meat, there's no cost. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if, if you wanted to add turkey to an Italian hoagie, because turkey would not be on an Italian hoagie, that at least any of the ones that I'm familiar with, no, that would cost you. But if you wanted right. to change it to American cheese instead of provolone, you could do that. Yeah. If you wanted to add mustard or something, you could absolutely do that or... At, take off tomatoes or add, uh, you know, whatever, any of those sure. things. Yeah. So that's how I do it. Um, well, I'll, I'll answer. Yeah, please. Well. You should answer so these too. Yeah. My, I'll, I'll do two because I do have, you know, it always depends what mood you're in. Exactly. I love, yeah. Yeah. I love a fucking, a, and this is actually similar to what Keanu's answer was, ironically enough, but I really love a good, uh, like a toasted sandwich, like a grilled sandwich. Yeah. But like creamy a pan- peanut butter. Like a panini or no, uh, no, okay. just like like a like a grilled cheese sandwich on a, on. A, uh, oh, okay, on a... okay, I got you. Okay, but I like uh, I like peanut butter, either creamy or crunchy, but preferably creamy. Sometimes mm. it depends on the mood. Uh, I'm, I'm honey, always, I'm always a creamy guy with peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> honey and banana. Peanut oh, butter, so you, honey, and banana on a grilled sandwich is fucking amazing. You're kind of going. Elvis ish without the bacon and he no, didn't he, do honey. No, that's, that's what I said. Kind of because of the honey ad and he didn't always do bacon. Sometimes it was just he always butter. did bacon from what uh, I heard. He always did bacon. I'm not so sure about that. And, and it was also, uh, it was also jelly. It was peanut butter and jelly and bacon. Uh, right. So, but yeah, I'm not really going the full Elvis. I'm, you know, and this, and it's so decadent and rich. It's like, Oh Jesus, you really should only have one because of the honey and the, but it's still good. Um, the other sandwich, I like a good, um, I like a good turkey on, there's a, there's a type of bread that is drastically underused and they actually use it at Ike's. It's sort of their trademark bread. It's a a Dutch roll, like a Dutch Mm -hmm. crunch roll. Um, it's a fucking great guy. I mean, I love a good ciabatta bread and a, a, um, I don't like sourdough because it's fucking sour. I, I've never understood the, uh, the interest in having, so like a bread that's just like, hmm, would you like some sour with you? It, it doesn't work for me. Sourdough works for me depending on what the sandwich, what the contents of the sandwich are, right? Sure. So like there's a, there's a place near here called the Pop Shop, and they they have like 35 different grilled cheese sandwiches, and they're different mm-hmm. variations. And one of them, the one I actually get, also has like, it has cheese as, as a grilled cheese does, but it also has some um, corned beef. Mm-hmm. And Thousand Island dressing, and mm-hmm. that's done on sourdough. And that combination is because I'm with you normally about sourdough. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with you. 
but right. that combination kind of works. Right. Uh, so it would be turkey. It would be avocado because I'm from California. Calm down. Yeah. Uh, uh, I lo- in terms of cheeses, I like a pepper jack, a provolone, or like a fresh mozzarella, like the milky mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of mayo. I don't, I, I like, I, it depends my, I know people who fucking love mayonnaise, like Nancy fucking would have drowned herself in mayonnaise. Um, and, and I know people like Michael fucking hates mayonnaise. Like the, the either not at all, heathen. if you have to have it, then a vol, very small amount. Heathen. Yeah. Uh, I like a lot of mustard. So like, I'm sort of in the middle, like I like mayonnaise, but not love it. Um, I have to go spicy over yellow. For me. Uh, I can't. I can't do the spicy brown mustard. It's. It's just. It's too much for me. That being said, I do like a little bit of spice. So I'd like with this sandwich, like maybe like a, a like a little drizzle of sriracha, mm. and then um, pickles, lettuce, fresh tomatoes. Uh, no onions. If it is onions, it's got to be grilled. So it's, that's sort of my. Yeah. Um. And and for the record. On my side, just because mine don't have any doesn't mean I don't like. Like there are plenty of sandwiches I love with tomato on it. Like I give me a yeah. traditional ham and cheese with mayonnaise and lettuce and tomato. I'm a happy guy. Like you know. Yeah, but I'm very particular about the tomatoes. Like I fucking hate delis that if if the tomato has white or green in it, I I don't like it. it you need too... you need to come back to Jersey in the right time of year because you weren't here for it, and we need mm-hmm. to get you a nice beefsteak tomato because holy fuck, you Beast, would be... We have beefsteak tomatoes out here. Like, we bought some, and that, that to me is, like, one of the perfect tomatoes. And I don't understand this obsession with trying to make a tomato slice as paper-thin as possible. All you're doing is showing, hey, my knife is really sharp. I like a fat slice of tomato. That's I, I don't like it too thick, though. Like, honestly, like, I, I don't need it to be paper thin. I'm with you there. But, like, if right. it's too thick, then it takes away from some of Depending on what type of sandwiches, it might take away mm-hmm. from some of the other stuff that's on there. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, I got a BLT once that had a decent amount of B and, B and L. But the tomato was, like you're talking about, it was, like, it was hearty. And it just, it was so overpowering that it kind of took away from... Even the bacon, uh, I, I, you know? I would have been happy. I would have been happy in that. Aspect. Fair enough. Okay. Um, All right. That was question one. Right. Uh, very quickly. Two seconds. We were both wrong about the Elvis sandwich. Were we? I was wrong about the bacon. You were wrong about the jelly. The jellies are very, but the traditional sandwich is just peanut butter, uh, bananas, and bacon. Well, I mean, it's fair to say of any of these combinations, no wonder he fucking died. <laughs> I actually want to try that though. I, I think I need to try that at least once in my life. I really do. I could, but I could not do a whole loaf. From what I heard, he did a whole loaf of bread. Like it was a fucking. He'd eat multiple sandwiches in a sitting, I guess. No, he would just have a whole loaf. Like all the, from what I remember reading, uh, reading and seeing about this, they may have gotten their information wrong, but they had a whole French loaf of bread, and they cut in half, uh, lengthwise, and then all the inside the bread is pulled out like you know all the uh, all the this, inside is hung. this says it was more like a like a rye or sourdough type of thing so i don't and so i don't know well, what they what the, i'm sure what the true answer is is that it was also covered in butter and then baked in the oven so uh, like had a very buttery griddle on, on a, a griddle or a cast iron pan apparently Okay, well, you have so. to think about what he was doing back in oh, like, no, the Oh, no, no, yeah, no, he there. was not doing well for himself doing that. All right, question right. number two. Let's go. Okay, uh, what's the one thing you own that you, sh- you should really throw out? 
I don't know. I don't know. It, you you can you can say not nothing. Like you see, can I don't say see, I uh, want to keep right, everything. I, I have something that you would probably say I should if I told you, but I don't see the need because so I still have clothes from high school. No joke. Do they fit you? Yes. That's why I still have them. And you're fine. Yeah. I don't care. Um No, I just I know some people I've said that to and they're like, You're you're wearing clothes that are twenty five years old. I'm like, Yeah and they're Yeah, like, I just tell them it's vintage, motherfucker. Right. Uh, I guess at this point <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess at this point it is. Um yeah. it's vintage, nineties, motherfucker. Okay, I, I got something. It's not terrible it's not terribly fantastic, but I have an old box of wires like like that, oh, that the cables the to- and shit. Cables at the, and at the time they were useful, but we've come along so far in, in uh, technology at this point that some of them are pretty probably obsolete. So I could probably get rid of most of that. I would agree. I, I probably have at least a box or two of that type of shit. And plus, Steph's the same thing. Like we, yeah. you know, it's just hey, this is going to be useful in three years. No, it's not. Um, I mean, I, for, I have. A- I think the, the real answer to mine is like I have a ton of VHSs that I need to really just sort through and be like I really don't need this. Yeah, see, I I kind of did that a while ago with like VHSs and stuff, so I don't need to do that again. You know, sure. So, yeah. All right, three. See, that was uh, shorter. Well, we can do this. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because clearly you and I are f- true foodies, where it's like we don't want to admit we have to throw shit away. <laughs> um, three. What is the scariest animal? Snake. I know. Without I know. Question. Yeah, yeah. Without question, a snake. Um, it does not matter what 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 version either. If it's if it's a sn- and it's not all lizards because I like geckos and shit. Just snakes. So right. Yeah. Um, apples or orange? Oh, a spider. There's yeah, I, I figured. Yeah. Yeah. Anything in Australia? Um, <laughs> yeah. Apples Austro- or wait, oranges? What's the scariest animal? Australia. <laughs> just and there come can you hear it cj can you hear the the the, the thumbs typing how in response how australia is really not that bad yeah you hear yeah, it coming I, all I, the way I, from I, australia yeah yeah okay four apples or oranges see that's like the sandwich one it depends on the mood but i think i would probably go apples because i don't like the mess oranges sometimes make that's fair uh i agree with apples but i don't like green apples. I can't stand green apples themselves or green apple flavoring. I, I'm more, I'm more of a red apple guy myself in terms of having apple, but I really don't care. I'm not like you. Like I don't. It's not a thing. It's I have a preference, okay. but it's not a thing. It's, it's the sour thing. I'm just not overly fond of sour. Neither and am I. Find I green but, apples overly sour. Yeah. See, I don't find out with that apple, but I. But I'm with you about sour. I, real quick, just to add though, I will take a clementine over an orange almost any day of the week. I agree with that, but I'll go even further. I'll go with tangerine. See, but again, that goes to the mess. To me, clementines aren't that messy, and they're easy to take. Like, oranges, to me, are hard to peel, because like, you almost need a device. Whether the clementine, if you've got a long enough nail, you can usually get that initial rip with a finger, and then you're good I always, to go. I always bite it. I always bite the peel, and then, then use that to peel. Well, either way, but it's. I feel like it's easier to peel and... And eat a clementine and any other of those citrus fruits. All right. Well, I'm going to add a sub question. Apple juice or orange juice? I used to love orange juice. And now when I drink it, it burns my throat. I have no idea why. So so now it's apple juice. I'm right there with you. It's so weird. 
I used to guzzle orange juice. Like I, orange juice for me was so fucking convenient when I would run out of milk and I wanted cereal. I could use orange juice. I wouldn't go that far, but what I, what I, I will tell you this very quickly. When I was sick and I didn't have health insurance, which was a long period of time, I would Mm -hmm. get a fuck ton of wonton soup. You Mm -hmm. know the way it's supposed to be made, and then. And like two half gallons of orange juice from Wawa, like Wawa brand orange juice, and sure. that's usually because it was cheap, and because right. you could get like a half gallon for like like a dollar fifty, like it was cheap, wow. and that's yeah, really cheap. yeah, 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 like it was cheap. So I, and this was also twenty years ago too, so I guess you have to account for that. But I would, I would get that, and that's how I would get healthy. So yeah, okay. Um, have you asked for someone's autograph? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Oh, Moldo, I when I worked for FYE and I was doing concerts, I would work we would work concerts and we would actually be working the autograph tent and one of the the perks of is that after the line got done, the bands would hang around for another 5 10 minutes and sign our shit. So I mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I got a bunch of people like well, well, now's your chance to tell who, if you want to. Oh, say. I've I've told before, but it, like Corey Taylor from Slipknot, or all of but all of Stone Sour, his side project, uh, all of Disturbed, uh, Darren Gray, Flyleaf, um, all the remains. Uh, I know I'm forgetting shit right now, but yeah, that's just but that, exa- that's a good yeah. chunk, yeah, yeah. So, do you want to know what Keanu's answer was? Sure, Lou Reed. I could see that. But could, he and he and he said, but it wasn't for me. It was for someone else, and 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 he wrote Lou Reed. And Colbert's like, well, good. I hope he wrote Lou Reed. He's like, no. I mean, he could have said like, with love, Lou Reed, or yeah, he, he just it was wrote just Lou his Reed. name. Yeah. And then he added another answer. He said, oh, I did ask Carlin. I asked Carlin for an autograph. And Colbert was like, I am actually legit jealous. Did you get? It? He's like, I got it. But it was the sweetest thing. He wrote, "Fuck you, Keanu George Carlin." That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then he's like, and I thought it was really nice and emotional and like a original thing that he wrote just for me. No. And then I talked to someone else who got a George Carlin autograph. It was the same thing. He wrote the same thing, <laughs> well, which if I was Colbert, I would have been like, he wrote the same thing. He wrote to this other person. Fuck you. Keanu Reeves, uh, George Carlin. <laughs> but you know. I will say, um, that, I'd say very quickly. Um, even though I didn't ask for this autograph, my favorite autograph that I have that was Kevin's. That I got for my fortieth birthday. Sure, and and that ultimately is one of my answers. Is I did get Keanu's Keanu's Kevin. Kevin's, geez, yeah, I am I am out of it. Uh, I did get Kevin's autograph. I also got Ralph Garman's autograph at the same time, even though I didn't technically ask him. Yeah. Um, I got. You know, it makes it sound like "fuck you, Ralph." I didn't ask for your autograph. Why'd you say <laughs> I didn't mean it like that? <laughs> You know, but it was like, yeah, you know, this fucking ego. Just like, <laughs> I'm Ralph Garman. Everyone wants my out. No, 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 no. Um, or, or he was just like, how do we make this autograph absolutely, like, not as special? I'm just going to add my signature, you know? <laughs> no, that's not true. I actually was doubled over that. No, I know. I remember. Story. You've told us. Yeah. No, I yeah. have to clarify that because I do. we do want Ralph on this. Oh, yeah. No, we, no, no, no. It's it. Uh, listen, I think Ralph's got a good enough sense of humor that he would hear that whole exchange and realize we're fucking around. So I also think Ralph has a tough. I'd be like, fuck those guys. No. All right. Anyways. Um, so it was Kevin Ralph. Uh, I got Martin Short's autograph. No, yeah, I remember uh, that. You told me that. I got uh, Robert England's autograph, Freddy Krueger. Oh, nice. 
You didn't get Post uh, Haynes, though, when you saw him, right? You just met him. No, I was too nervous to ask because he's yeah. a fucking big, he's giant an ogre. Yeah, he's an ogre looking yeah. fucking. Yeah. It's like, would you ask Bigfoot for a fucking autograph? It's just like, you know. I, I haven't seen Mike Owen since June. So, <laughs> nice, nice. Event. Thank you. Um, I also got, uh, I think her name was Nicole Parker. She was on on Mad TV. She was in the same show with Martin Short. Okay. So, um, I got like the majority of my autographs in one sitting. Like it was at a Martin Short mm. uh, one man comedy show. Gotcha. And it wasn't a one man show because there were other people with him, like Nicole sure. Parker and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, okay. So this was the, this was the question that sparked the whole questionnaire thing for Colbert. Okay. It is, what do you think happens when we die? And Keanu's answer was, I think the people that love us will miss us. That, that he's just like, I don't care what happens after you die, but I know for a fact that people that love us will miss us. So CJ, what do you think happens? I, I'm abstaining for, for the lack of starting the panic attack that will, will occur from discussing this topic. If you recall. Okay. So no, one, one of my biggest phobias is this exactly what you're asking me. So, okay. Well then we can skip that. Yeah, um, I, I mean we're we're going to be discussing part of a film later. Like I I struggle to get through that part of the film, whereas I'm pretty sure you struggle to get through the whole film. But that's uh, beside. <laughs> Go ahead. For very different reasons. Um, Next question. Favorite action movie. And and Colbert amended like you can be in it, Keanu. If you <laughs> and Keanu's like really no, <laughs> like that's I would awesome. not do that. His answer was the original Rollerball, for the record. I've never seen the original Rollerball. I've seen the remake. Um, I got to be honest. I hate to say this, but like it's going to self, not self-serving, but like placating, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, because it's probably The Matrix. Yeah, I wouldn't. And, I wouldn't. Yeah. And if anything, probably reloaded. You know, like if I. Well, I mean, there's a ton of action in that, so I'm not going to. That's why continue. I picked that one over to the 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 OG one, as we've mentioned before, because that's more, there's more action if we're picking sure. an action film. So yeah, I got to go Matrix Reloaded. Um, I don't have a real favorite action movie. I, I think my first instinct was to say like something like Terminator 2. Or Star Wars. I could see you going there. I wouldn't consider Star Wars an action film, personally. No? No. All right. For For me, like action is kind of like, it has to have like real guns or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think once it gets into the sci-fi fantasy, it, it sort of drops the action genre. So, so would Suicide Squad be an action film? The first yeah. one? Not, not, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd call that a, an action comedy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Just curious. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I think Terminator 2 is probably the closest thing I could give to an answer for favorite action movie. Um, I can see that. I'm trying to think of like others at the top of my head. I mean, The Matrix is definitely a great action movie, but I wouldn't consider it my favorite. Sure. I'm just looking. I think T2 is a solid answer for you. I would ask, yeah. you, just based on your criteria, one more question, because there's not a lot of guns in the movie. So just hear me out. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not saying there's none, because I know that's not accurate, but there's comparatively to like The Matrix or even Terminator, there's not a lot of guns. Indy, is Indy an action flick? Yes. I, call, okay. I would call that an action adventure. But it's well, still actually, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely okay. guns in there. Well, but, um, but comparatively, like, I mean, if you look at the number of it's guns, not, yeah, it's not Bruce Will. I mean, 
Die Hard is pretty fucking stupendous as well. Sure. Um, I thought about that. I did. I'm not going to lie. That yeah. crossed, my mem- crossed my mind. Although, if I was picking from the Die Hard franchise, I'd go with The Vengeance over... Which technically has less guns, because I think that's more about the the Simon quest than it is about the guns. So. Sure. Um, we need to do that franchise, actually. I know we've talked about them individually, but we've never really did the franchise. That's true. Yeah. Um, window or aisle seat? Oh, window. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a mixed bag for me, because I think I think automatically I choose the window just so I have something to lean up against. Mm-hmm. That's exactly um, it for me. Yeah. But there is that discomfort of like, oh, shit, I got to go to the bathroom. I have to walk over two people and I'm I, a big guy. So it's kind of like, here, I hope we don't get turbulence because if I sit on you, you'll die. I I make sure that I'm so empty by the time I get on a plane that the chances of me needing to use the bathroom on the plane are almost non-existent. I'm so. with you. I, I try to do that, too. Yeah. So uh, favorite smell. Oh, you want to know what his answer was? Yeah, he he. I can't get the the model and make accurate, but he said it was like his current, like uh, motor, like his favorite motorcycle when he okay. guns the engine or something get, and the yeah, oil yeah. and everything. Mixed I together. get it. Yeah, some of those vintage cars and motorcycles have like a smell when you do that. I'm I'm on board with that. I get that. I think for I I think I got mine. Do you want to do yours first or go for it? I still need to think I'm think I'm uh, fire pit. Give me a fire pit in October, mm-hmm. like outside sitting around a fire, that that smell of fresh burning whatever you've got. Typically, it's wood, but sometimes you get newspaper and other things in there, too. But sure, like, like a fresh fire, but it's for whatever reason, it's different when it's outdoors in a pit versus, say, a fireplace. Like there's a difference to that smell. So that's why I'm very specifically saying a fire pit as opposed to just a fire. Uh, my favorite smell is whatever is cooked with passion. You know, like, I don't have a very specific favorite, like, smell of food cooking. Mm. But if, like, someone's like, oh, man, I'm going to make my favorite fucking scrambled eggs. You can tell, like, something yeah. something good is going in that. It's not just, oh, I'm going to dribble a little bit of salt and pepper. It's like, I'm going to add some fucking, like, creme fraiche or some if, shit, you know? like. If- or if like a are, cooking pizza or like a spaghetti sauce or, or something. I can I can give you three quick foods if we're going to go foods. A fr- a we, fr- really, we really need to make another food episode. Yeah. A fresh cinnamon, cinnamon mm-hmm. bun. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, a good thing of wings. And everyone's definition of that is very different. So I'm not going to get it. Like I don't. I just know it when I smell it. I can't say what makes it better. But Sure. And then... Um, a good and and especially this one especially works best like if you you're simmering it and you leave and come back but like a really good tomato sauce yeah you know like where you you know i know you let yours cook for like hours and in a good way but you let you yeah. know so like like i think i think when you did make it for me we ran out and did some shit and came back and like when we walked in it was like in your face but like in yeah. a good way you know what i mean yeah. like so my I, my tomato sauce bitch slaps you when you like we, think, especially when you when you go th- through the curtain into yeah, the kitchen yeah it's just like mm, boom right in the face I, yeah I, I think I think that's more my answer any food that like smacks you in the face when you walk in the room really you yeah. know and I think all three of the ones I gave you are examples but there's plenty of others that don't you know that I didn't mention I mean but yeah. sure 
Uh, I we already know the answer to this one, but it, let's do it anyways. Cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. Okay, cats. There yeah. you go. But uh, I, and I think I think I speak for both of us. We don't dislike the other. We just that's our preference. But like it's if, our yeah yeah. Like if okay. I was involved with someone that had a cat, I'd be like, oh okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I I feel like I need to rewrite these questions because I was running right out of room. Sure. So uh, number eleven, one song for the rest of your life. Oh, I knew this was going to be tough. Yeah. You got to You got to try and keep it to one, though. I don't think I can. Okay, you can extend it to two, but that's it. No more. I, no more. I don't. I don't think I can do that either. Um, well, your option is, is you get no song for the rest of your life, so you might as well choose one. Oh man. <laughs> We're gonna be here for another thirty minutes. We might have to end the episode, but that's all I have to think about. It. Jesus. Oh, um, sh- shit. Answer it, Rico, because you you probably have it ready. I yeah. Oh my yeah, mine's one for my baby and one more for the road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. Oh, Jesus. All right. I I I think I got to go. This is gonna surprise a lot of people, yourself included. But I think I'm gonna go with Our Truth by Lacuna Coil. And because yeah, I know a lot of people would expect a Metallica song, and and yeah. And, but there's just so many you you get you get so many different vibes there. If I if I have to pick Metallica, and I'm not saying I do, but if I had to, probably well, I said you could put it out to two. So you get you can you can okay. Have a Metallica. If I can have two, I'll take that, and then I'll take Master of Puppets. There we go. All right. Okay. You feel good? No. You, you don't feel? <laughs> yeah. You're just like I'm not satisfied with those answers whatsoever. No, not at all. Um, what was Keanu's answer? I got to hear this. Do, do you have? That? I don't. I don't. I don't have the answer in front of me. Okay. Um, well, you had some of the other ones, so I thought maybe I was curious. Because they were more memorable. And, and well, at this point, I was just skimming through it. Well, and he's also a very... I asked because he's very musical. He's he's very much into music like I am, so I was curious. Yeah. Well, for anybody who's interested in Keanu's answers, just type in Keanu Reeves Colbert, Colbert. questionnaire and yeah. you'll find it there. Okay. Uh, number 12. What number am I thinking of? 69, dude. <laughs> You're wrong, but that was funny. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, let me guess what you are. 69 for sure no, now. No. Uh, three. No. Okay. So, although do you know- you're closer with three than you are with 69, and that, and you're not going to get why I say that, so don't bother to try. There, there's an old Abbott Costello routine where he's trying to, like, they're they're gambling over money to each other, yeah. and all, as always, it's Abbott outsmarting Costello. He's like, fine, I'll give you all your money back. Um, uh, what number am I thinking of? And Costello's like, three. He's like, no. You're wrong. Four, but you were close. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Last question. And this one pissed off Keanu. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. Because and you'll understand why. The rest of your life in five words. And Keanu's like, what? What kind of, there's not even a question. Like, how am I supposed to do that? Like, and then he ended up like fucking it up by like answering like seven words because he's like, you know, I want to be. Super nice. Like, it's like he just can't. Like, this is a stupid question. So, five words for the rest of your life. Okay. Mm hmm. Loving, mm-hmm. dedicated, fun, healthy, and long. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm still figuring mine out. I got two. Okay. Uh, honest, dedicated. Uh, I do like loving. I, I appreciate that one. So, loving, I'm going to steal yours. 
Um, I'm going to steal all your love. Um, See, that fucks up the music because now I'm thinking about all of your love by Led Zeppelin. God damn it. And that's a great song. Fuck Stephen Colbert and his questions. I agree. Bernard Prevo did this way better. So I agree. Uh, (laughs) Honesty, honest, dedicated, loving, happy, loving, happiness, and uh, humor. That's that's mine. That works. uh, All right, so we're done now. I I got a fourteenth question. Who had a better questionnaire, Bernard Prevo or Stephen Colbert? James Lipton, absolutely. Bernard Prevo, but sure. I know, but it's the James Lipton fucking. Okay, fair enough. Um. All right, well, we fucking did that questionnaire. Should we officially start our episode? Yeah, 45 minutes in. Why not? Yeah, we, we do fucking intros like a fucking Bond movie. I made a joke about that on, on Fumes the other night. I, I got to tune in to Fumes for the first time in quite some time just because our schedules haven't lined up very well. Sure. And uh, he's always very excited to see me, which is... Very nice. It's a nice feeling to be like, I I may not be there for six months. And he's like, it's not like, oh, it's CJ. He's like, no, CJ, Potaskew, what's going on, man? Like, he gets super fucking animated every time Mm -hmm. I show up. And um, what were we talking about? I just lost my point. What were we talking about uh, before I said that? The, the long intros and oh bond. oh yeah 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 so he he was I guess I got towards it I jumped in I guess towards the end of his broadcast so he's like yeah I'm getting ready to come on to turn turn off I've been on for three hours or whatever and I typed in I was like yeah three hours is like an intro on Potescu mm-hmm. and that's true at first he was like your intros are three hours long and I'm like no but it's it's our episodes tend to run for fucking ever and he's like oh yeah you guys do have episodes so. yeah. yeah but all right he does say hi to the whole uh uh um cool. our audience like the people that yeah the, the pot of crew the pot of crew yeah and so i told him i told him we there actually have been requests for us to do another fumes askew so we're trying to coordinate okay so i don't know when or where but yeah all right. Well, we saw three movies. Uh, we did the fucking Bill and Ted. Uh, this is a franchise I never thought I'd get you to watch, or or why? at least talk about it like this. Why? Because it just doesn't seem like like I know you like comedies, but like this pushes the 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 envelope of like dumb for some people. Like even for me, and I, I and I love them. But they still, you know what I mean, like. Well, I, I, I did see the first one when I was a kid, so I, I do, and I did enjoy it. I, I mean, I have good things and bad things for all these films. Oh, I, 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 I can listen. These, I'm, I'm by no means going to sit here and tell you these are perfect films by right. any exaggeration of the word. The way it, shall we do our our usual ranking? <sighs> I was thinking about that earlier, and I'm struggling with it for sure. Because, well, I could tell you mine real easily. Can I guess yours? Because I'm pretty sure I know it. Sure. One, three, two. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that. And are you going to be that guy who's going to be like, oh no, dude, two, and then one, and then three? No, no, it's definitely one. Okay. It's definitely one for for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is, is the one. Like, yeah, uh-huh. that's. Where I struggle is there are parts of Bogus Journey I really, really like, and then there's parts of it that I I don't. So, like, and same thing. I think watching Face the Music for this, which is, like, the 
third time I've seen it, so I haven't mm-hmm. seen it as much as the others. I really think at this point it's one. Th- I'm kind of with you, but I have a feeling two is not as far away from three for me as it is for you. Like I think there's a bigger gap if you were to you know. But you would still rank it one, three, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying I don't think two is as far away for me. So okay. Yeah. All right. So we're we're hey, dude. We made right? history. We actually agreed on a fucking ranking. Yeah, I, but, but you're I, you're still trying to like not agree with me. You're like, oh well, you know, yeah, two is at the bottom, but well, I, I still like two more than you. It's like, who gives a fuck? Well, we agreed. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Little so, fucking like happiness, man. Like little goals, little we, victories, we, man. Little victories, yeah. small victories. Yeah. So. All right. So one. So one is great. I I I I you know again. None of these films are perfect by any means. There's there's sure. flaws in all of these. And, and and some of them, even the ones that I like, some pretty gaping holes. But, like, right. this goes back to something I say on this show all the time. And I'm not saying it, you're arguing with me, with especially about this franchise. But I'm just saying for the audience, these are films are not meant... First off, they're not really meant to be, like, analyzed the way that we're going to analyze them. Like, they're not meant... They're meant to be, turn it on, eat some popcorn, have a hot dog, some nachos, whatever, you know. Sure. Drink a soda and and, and be in, entertained for 90 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... These are not films that are meant to make you think, despite all the time travel shit that goes on. Like, you know... Right. The most, the one that makes you think the most, and I use that term very loosely, is probably Face the Music. That's the one that gets most meta out of all of them. Yeah. But even that's kind of, you know, a strong word. Let me, let me sum up the whole trilogy and for myself in one, in, in, as best as I can. Uh-oh. I think the first one, no, no, no. I think the first one is absolutely the OG, and I think it's, it's really the most hysterical. Um, I think two absolutely sucks and it's confusing as all hell. I think the costume choices were bizarre. I think the whole station fucking alien thing was not really explained and also confusing. And, but I think the third, the third one ties it all together. I think it is essential that you have to watch bogus journey in order for face the music to really one make sense and also to be fully enjoyable. Like it's kind of like mm. you got to kind of get through the middle one to, to make the third one all the more special. But they also um, have retconned a lot of the end of bogus journey in not, not, from not, what I remember, but not we'll, retcon, but they definitely, they, they, they tweaked it to fit the fact that three exists. Like, I don't think so. Oh, no, I, we'll, we'll I, I, I can, yeah, I can give specific examples. Okay. Well, my, obviously the, the, you know, this made Keanu and Alex Winter, well, it made Keanu a star. Alex Winter had a career. I just, he really didn't do a whole lot yeah, apart, I, in terms of acting. I actually was surprised to find out when I was looking this up that Lost Boys was before the first Bill and Ted. Like I, I did not realize that. Like, I would have thought he got Lost Boys because of Bill and Ted, you know? Well, he didn't have a huge role in Bill, in uh, Lost Boys. No, he didn't. But, I, that, but I'm but i saying, like, it, but it made him a face. Like, you know? Right. It I mean, it he was featured throughout the film, and then, but he was, he's notable for, like, the first vampire that's staked. 
True. And I think I think the only dialogue he has is Michael. Like I legit don't think he says anything else in that film. It, yeah, it's him like laughing. He goes, "Hi, Michael," when he's all vamped out. Right, but I think that's it. Like I don't think he. Okay, we'll give him hi, but that's it. Like I don't think. Yeah. Like Kiefer at least has dialogue in that film, where it's like. Yeah, but know. every line it has Michael in the fucking title. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. I, I think I absolutely. I mean, I I love their chemistry. I love Alex Winter and oh, sure. Keanu. Yeah, there's their chemistry and Bill and Ted is is phenomenal. Um, you and from what I understand, they did like do a lot of auditioning with a bunch of actors to try mm-hmm. and find the right set. And these guys just happen to work together beautifully. And the the raising of the arm was a spontaneous thing between the two of them, and it was the most natural thing. Were they like? do this oh, shit. Oh, yeah, okay. That was something that they just did on the spur of the moment together, and they were like, that feels the most natural. Sure, I can see that. Um, For me, what really sells this film is the fact that it, it obviously has George Carlin. Um, I will also push as far as to say, I, I fully am committed to this theory that George Carlin, especially his costume, was from The Matrix, and he influenced the attire of the Matrix because he is basically wearing Neo's getup, except it's gray. It's gray, but it's a leather trench coat fucking outfit. I don't like think it's, it's leather. I thought it was leather. Uh, uh-uh. I don't. And Neo's isn't leather either, to be fair. So he has a leather jacket. No. You sure? Morpheus has the leather, not Neo. But look, I'm still saying with the sunglasses and the and the fucking outfit, it it's proto Matrix attire. Like okay. he went shopping in the Matrix. <laughs> Well, this is my first exposure to uh, Carlin. Period? Yeah. And that's including stand-up? Yeah. Well, because, I mean, think about when the movie came out. It came out in 89. I probably saw it in 90, 91. I mean... Well, I don't know if you were watching any of, like, HBO's... No, my my parents raised me properly. Oh, yeah, they raised you properly. (laughs) Well, they certainly didn't let me see shit like Uncle Fucker at 8. I mean... Okay, so when... When, when did all right? That's fair. I didn't even. Um, I, <laughs> you tried to make me. It's not like, it's not like to, Nancy took me to see no, South Park. No, but she didn't. Joel and, it. Uh, Joel and Alex, or actually specifically Joel, snuck me in. I actually don't think I knew the word "fuck" till I was like twelve. Like I didn't even know that word existed. Wow. Yeah, yeah you and I were raised very differently. Oh yeah. Yeah. You didn't have older brothers. That's the no. Thing. No, 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 no. Yeah, Joel and Alex were, like, raising me, like, did I tell you the fucking story where, like, they took me to get ice cream? Um, I don't remember, honestly. Okay, okay. so I don't remember this very well. Like, I, I have very fleeting fucking images, and they could just be made up that, like, I've heard this story so many times that I've actually, like, believed the, the I think I have memories, or Joel and Alex have just told this to me so many times, but... Across the street from the old family restaurant, Joel and Alex took me to like a Baskin Robbins or. Oh a yes, you did tell the story. I think, and, right. and you said some nasty words to the woman behind the counter, if I recall. There was an old woman who was who bought me an ice cream cone, and she's like, "Now what do you say?" And according to Joel and Alex, who swear by this, I I don't know if it's legitimate, but they said Joel probably whispered in my ear saying, "Say fuck you." 
And I yeah. said, I, I say fuck you. And apparently yeah. I really fucking upset this woman. No, I But like Joe, Joe and Alex would like, when I was asleep in the crib, they would like manipulate my fingers so it looked like I was flipping off people. So I, like, yeah, I Nancy would be like, oh, let's go see Rico. You know, he's so cute. And oh my God, Joel, Alex. Like, you know, shit like that. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So no, you did tell that. Now, now that you said it, yes, you did tell that story once before. So, um, um. But yeah, no. So I that was my first exposure to to Carlin as a as a person. So I think it's fair to say that my first exposure to to Carlin, it may well been Bill and Ted, but I think the first time where I was like, because he 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 doesn't act like how he does in Bill and Ted, with uh, in other films. Oh no! 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 This is like a very reserved George Carlin. Well, because of the multiple things, I'm sure. But yeah. Right. But um, it may have been Jan Silent Bob, Strike Back. Like, it may have been Strike Back. But see, for your age, that makes sense. Like, I could see that. Like, I'm not even, that's not even like a, like a shot at you. Like, just from a well, time period perspective, that makes sense. That that would be your first exposure or introduction to. I, I think I, I saw Bill and Ted on a on a bus TV on my way to camp. So I must've been like, interesting. Like they had like, they had like, yeah, they had like TVs on the bus. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was like a two hour drive from where we were going. And I think they popped a movie. Like, I think the first time I saw the mummy was on the same type of situation, going to the same camp at a different time. So I think like, I must've been like nine, maybe eight or nine when I saw Bill and Ted, but it was on a very small screen. And I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I really don't super count it. Um, so I would argue that my first time seeing Carlin was strike back and then ultimately dogma. Sure. Sure. And then I was like, who the fuck is this guy? This guy's funny. And then I just, I typed in George Carlin and I discovered a whole, like I was watching a lot of Carlin stand up. Yeah, no, I Uh, mean, I've seen, I've seen, and it's not like that's something that's recent. Like I saw a stand up as I got to be a teenager, you know what I mean? Like HBO would run. You know, even if it wasn't special, right. Even if it wasn't like when it aired, they would rerun those things from time to time. And so I saw that, I, you know, like, um, I, I, I'm not going to go into the whole bit, but like he knocks the 10 commandments down to two. Like that's one of my favorite bits that he, that he's ever done, you know? So it's, it's pure brilliance. Like I, Michael and I, that was another reason for Michael and I to bond is we were like, fuck JC. It's all about GC. You know, like we, we were like the, the gospel according to George. Like, yeah, you know, we were really fucking into a lot of George Carlin because we took a lot of what he said as like, like a prophet's message. Like we were like, this is fucking like real smart is real true. It was really interesting for like Michael and I just like gravitate towards the word of George. Mm. Um, and then like, you know, it was like Jersey girl. Like I was another one where I'm like I'm seeing a softer side of George I didn't expect to see, but it's still George. Holy, okay, sorry. What? I was looking at some of the trivia and one of the things that I just read really just was like holy shit. For for me, it's more of a personal thing than a like a. It's not going to mean squat to you guys, but yeah. okay, okay. Well, do you want to share it anyway? Yeah. So we're gonna skip to the end of the movie, but that that mall they were in when mm-hmm. they're. Was the Metro Center Mall in Phoenix, Arizona, which I've been in when I lived mm-hmm. out there. Like, I've spent time in that mall. I don't think, I'm sure it looked, even by the time I, I got there, it looked very different than it did when they filmed it 
you know, so sure. I'm sure I don't reckon that's probably why I didn't realize it was the same place at the, sure. at the time. But, uh, and I don't know that I was ever, I don't ever remember there being an indoor ice rink in there, but I might not, it's, it was a Metro center is a fairly big, it's closed now, but at the time it was a fairly big mall actually just closed down last year or two years ago now. But you know, if I have to, nitpick a scene of the first movie i think my least favorite part is the misadventures in the mall with all the historical figures i mean it's fun it's it's not great but it's fun it just doesn't like like joan of arc doesn't strike me as all of a sudden doing like a yoga or not yoga but like a pilates dance kind of exercise thing um no but i think the connection there she would have been in front of her troops like organizing and that's the connection i okay i could buy that so that's even though she wouldn't be doing like uh, an aerobics class she would you know what i mean like but that's what i liked like i liked how they they took something you would expect them to do and Mm. put it into the at the time 20th century you know because like genghis khan destroying a mannequin that, that does make sense and and beethoven playing a concert you know that does not make sense. Why? To me, the the my one the the real big problem I have is how accurate they are on certain things. Like all the languages are the exactly the languages. I mm-hmm. love the fact that they they had Joan of Arc speaking French. They yep. had Beethoven speaking German. They had and 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 uh, Genghis Khan speaking Mongolian. presumably modern day Mongolian, but they probably like who, who no one's going to really nitpick if it's ancient <laughs> yeah. Mongolian or right. you know what I'm saying, right? Um. And I, I do appreciate that they extended that to the third film as well. Like, you sure. know, Mozart yeah. speaking fucking German and, yeah. and and shit like that. And and Napoleon speaking French. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate all of that. My, but I really honestly think having Beethoven as a character was a mistake because at that point in his life, he was 100% deaf. It just doesn't, like, one, him acknowledging someone talking to him went you know, is, is really like, it's kind of like, they're really fucking They're They're really right on the mark of like, we're going to, we're not going to have like all these historical figures speaking English, but, but eventually like, they're going to understand like, English. Sigmund Freud says one thing in Austrian and then he goes to English for the rest of the movie. But I would argue that Freud probably did speak English because he was, you know, because back then English wasn't a language and, and, and there were a lot of other English scholars that he probably I would had to, like, I would argue Beethoven probably could speak English as well. Um, English has been around since like four or five hundred AD, and they plucked him up from I think it's twelve hundred something. So, well, Beethoven twelve hundred? Yeah, no, think... he's from the he's from the nineteenth century. He's from the eighteen hundreds. Okay, so even more so to my point, English has been around for a long period of time at that point. You know what I mean? But I don't know if he ever went to England. Is what I'm saying. Whereas I would argue that Sigmund Freud did go to probably England at one point. Right, but if you're going to be an international international performer, which Beethoven was, you would think he would. You know what I mean? Like, a, I, I don't know. But I would have to ask Dad because Dad's the Beethoven nut. I don't think he's ever performed in England. Um, I think he was pretty much stuck in like Italy, France, and Germany and Austria. Okay. Well, but in any area. that being said, he was deaf as shit. He would not have been rocking out uh, with the modern day I, piano things I, and I knowing have, how it sounds. I have, to, I mean, yes. Yeah. So first off, I have to basically agree with you. However, the only argument I could make for 
for that is, and I've known some people that are hard of hearing that are musicians, and the one thing, and, and even from a movie we've seen, it's been brought up too, they can hear the waves. They don't hear the sound. They can feel the, the sound waves. Okay. So he potentially could have been feeling the sound waves because those were electronic coming through, a, presumably through an amplifier of some sort. So, All right. And, you know, I, I, I listen, I, I get and don't necessarily disagree with your your argument here. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that there is potentially at least a way to explain it, you know. So well, the the funny thing is, is that out of all the composers that have been featured, namely uh, Mozart and Beethoven, in terms of the 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 classical Classicals. period, yeah, yeah. Um, the majority of the music is Mozart. Beethoven, when he's blasting out on the keyboards, is playing Mozart, yeah. not Beethoven. Yeah, 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 I know. Which that that actually does make sense because Mozart was one of Beethoven's favorite composers. So it would have made sense for him to rock out on, you know, rocking out some Mozart and not necessarily himself. Sure. But, but, uh, oh, Steph had this whole thing where he's playing, um, for the, for the, uh, yeah, for that. He was, that was on a concert thing that he did, or even a private thing. That was a, that was a practice session he would do for pupils. Yeah, but there's a reason they did that. That, that that's an easy explanation for that. Of course, because it's, it's it's iconic. It's one of his most fam- famously known pieces. So that's and that's, bop, 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 would have been too late in his life because that was like his ninth symphony. Oh, and also maybe a little. I think they were going for the more like chill. Like bump up would have been a little too intense for what I think they were trying to do during that montage. So. True. Yeah. I, 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 but I, and yeah. Which brings me back to my point is they should have chosen Mozart because Mozart was always lyrical and upbeat until he got to the Requiem Mass. Well, and, and, and not to, not to jump around too, too much, but this is something I was going to mention when we got to Mozart in Face the Music anyway. And since we're talking about it, I'll ask you now how I think it would have been a great thing to do if they gotten Hulse to reprise the role. Who? Oh, oh, Tom Hulse. Yeah, to just dress up and be because he's not. He's got like two or three scenes. He's not like prevalent throughout the film. It's not like Billy the Kid from the first one, who's basically in all of the film. You know what I mean? So like, I think it would have been fun to have him do. I'm not upset that they didn't, but that would have been a fun thing to do. Have you seen what Tom Hulse looks like now? No, but oh, it would never have worked because no. he like I love Tom Hulse, and I think you know is we both love Amadeus, are... yeah. He he got he got old and fat, dude. Did I'm he? sorry. Okay. He, oh my god, no, dude. He. But he you looks... get where I'm. You get where at least my brain was going with it. That would have been a cool little, you know. Sure, I I definitely see that. I mean, I they kind of cast like kind of at a fucking unknown, or at least he's only known in Germany for I th- Mozart. I think the only non-unknown in that grouping of people they pick up is. Um, Louis Armstrong, and he's not even like super well known, but of that group, I think he's the most famous. Are you talking about the actors or the, the characters they choose? The actors. Yeah, uh, I don't even know who the fuck plays Louis Armstrong, but whoever the fuck he is, nailed it. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. Like he I, he got the 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 fucking like the Louis grin, mm-hmm. like when he does this yeah. shit, like like he nods his head and has a big grin on his face. Oh yeah, no, they nailed it. Um, we can get more into that when we get back to face the music, sure. but yeah, I just, you know, since you brought it up, I thought I would pose but, that. I mean, that, that's my point is that's really the biggest, like, like the whole, the majority of the sequence 
and the concept of having Beethoven really does kind of grind my gears a little so, bit. So by that same vein, it's got to bother you at the at the report, too. Yeah? That he's, that he's, you know, playing some fucking music? Yeah. I think... I think I can handle that because at least he was playing his own music. Well, we don't know because more... you don't actually hear what he's playing in that sequence. That's all overdubbed. Oh, yeah. You don't. You never. He's. You just see him playing. You never actually hear what he's playing. They're yeah. They're narrating at that point. Well, then then I'm taking a leap of, of fucking logic. Whereas in the in the mall, he's playing Mozart, and it would make no sense for him to one know how to play multiple keyboards based on like modern day technology i got a bigger problem with when they pick them up honestly than than that why because if if my if my timeline's right there wouldn't be a piano yet it would have been a harpsichord ah that's a good point i agree with that he was playing a piano in that scene but and also that moment everybody in the concert hall or room reacts to them he doesn't because he is deaf but that's my point is like Beethoven's the one thing where they're like really super inconsistent on, which is why I'm like, they should have just dropped them. Like fucking get Bach. It's the same fucking thing. You get a German composer. Yeah. I think, I think for the, of the three, meaning, uh, Bach, Bach Mozart. Mozart Beethoven. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, in, in that same vein of ranking, but I'm ranking not on personal preference, but I think in general populist knowledge, I honestly think it is still Beethoven, Mozart, Bach. Like, I think it's that order, you know, and I'd even maybe, I'd even go as far to say Handel might be over Bach, even if you threw him in as a fourth, like from a populist knowledge base, not personal preference. What if you had, what if they did this? What if they had Bach? But it was played by Sebastian Bach. No, 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 thank you. No, you don't like Sebastian Bach. I, 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 no, he's right up there with Axel for me in terms of, yeah, of unlikability. Yeah, yeah, but at the time for an 80, no, he's always been kind of unlikable. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm saying for them to for, for them to have Sebastian Bach playing. Johann Sebastian Bach. He wouldn't have looked right. Movie. Bach was more heavy set, if I recall, from the pictures no you idea. see. The pictures, I mean, obviously we weren't around, but the pictures you see of him, he always. <laughs> obviously you know, we were not around. Oh, yeah, I remember, you know, Bach, you know, having too many Twinkies in his day. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Which is uh, ironic because that's how they, they lure fucking Genghis Khan into the booth is with a Twinkie. Um, yeah. Uh, was that the motherfucker? From every action movie. Oh, yeah. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The guy, we were the guy that like, that's him. fucking Al-Leon. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in terms of, like, what Joan of Arc would have done, had she known how her fucking situation would have been where she, she would have been like know, fuck it i'm gonna stay here <laughs> like, no well yeah but she also would have been like the new smoky the bear like only you can prevent what if i like <laughs> you know she would have been like trying to prevent forest fires yeah. or she would have been a fire uh a firefighter yeah so or she'd been like i'm staying away from like i'll never smoke again yeah right you know like just in case yeah and that's the interesting thing is the majority of the people that they chose in history all died like horrific deaths or like prolonged illnesses or were burned at the stake or yeah. like Freud like committed suicide if I remember correctly 
I'd have to look that up because I honestly don't remember. But um, the thing that's interesting about Freud is that he's now been just fairly discredited by a lot oh, of yeah. other, you know. So no, but in eighty nine, he he was or eighty eight, he wasn't like eighty eight. He was like the guy, you know, and, and right. Um, but that let's get in. Definitely did too much coke and had some Oedipus problems with his mom. Which, by the way, yeah, that joke during the report was. Fucking genius. I love yes. that joke. Um, getting back into the uh, earlier parts, what did you think of him? Um, not him, but them. Like, I, I love them getting names wrong. Like, oh, uh, Noah's wife and, uh, and well, Mrs. The Ark or whatever the fuck. My they favorite, Socrates. Socrates was. So- Socrates is my favorite without question. It was fine, and then it got a little... For me, it got a little grady. Just no. like, come on. Because that, he does, like, Socrates, or Socrates is really yeah, how yeah, it's yeah. like. Um, um, Freud had cancer. He didn't... I thought Freud had, like, a... Uh, hold on, but did not tell Freud he had cancer because he... No, they, they didn't tell him he had cancer because they thought if he did, he, they did, he would have committed suicide. Mm. But he didn't actually... Uh, hold on here. I got to the wrong thing here. Hold on, I think see. Beethoven died young. Like Beethoven died when he was like fifty-four. Well, so did Mozart, right? Mozart, I believe, had like alcoholism and tuberculosis. I think back in the day, he had like, yeah, they were all fucking dying. Uh, it does not say if he. Killed it just himself. says that he he just died of cancer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's still. I mean, he died of cancer. Yeah, no, no, it's not great. I'm not saying, oh, no, that's fine. He had a wonderful No, death, no, 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 know? of course. Yeah, he <laughs> died of cancer, stored a lot of cocaine, jerking off to his mother. That's I mean, it was out. 1939, too. So, I mean, I'm sure it was pretty not, I mean, it's never great, but I'm sure it was even worse then. So, mm. um, but yes, you're right. He did do a whole bunch of cocaine. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Billy the Kid, I think, was shot, if I remember correctly. I mean, uh, my, my point is a lot of these historical figures, like, happened to be plucked out of history when, like, shit was about to go south for them. Well, it's that, I mean, hey, let's tie it to a previous episode. That's like fucking No Way Home, saving all Spider-Man's, like, fucking, you know. <laughs> Villains, uh, that's what I'm saying, is, like, they're going to be put back in history, and they're like, motherfucker, yay, that was a great, bang, shooting the head experience, you know, like, like uh, Bill, the Cl- Bill the Kid's like, oh, guys, I got to tell you about this, you know, adventure, I boom, right in the face, like. I have to say this for the Bill the Kid sequ- sequence, I, I. Honestly, feel like um, Back to the Future did the Old West better than Agreed. than than uh, Bill and Ted did, but that's how I, I agree. I, but did I laughed like the, really I, fucking hard when they landed the fucking you, the, the 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 fucking time machine next to a porta potty, and the guy's like, "Oh shit!" And runs out <laughs> like yeah. pulling up his pants. Do you know what? Do you know what it was supposed to be originally before it became it was, a phone booth? It was a van, right? Fifty-seven Chevy. Van. Yeah, and they were, yeah. and and I think the main reason why is they didn't want to be compared to Back to the Future of, exactly. a, of a time machine car. Yeah. And but ultimately, it's not a '57, but they do end up driving a Chevy van in the second one. Like that's actually why they have the van in the second right. one is that it was like kind of like a a middle Homage. finger, no more like a middle finger back because I think it was I think the the lack of a van came from the studio. Like I think that that was a studio note to like change the time machine from the van. If I heard correctly, true. So but I, I think the the main thing of like comparing a car, another t- 
time machine. No, I car. get it, but it's also kind of like let's do specifically a Chevy van to just be like, and eh, back to sure. you know. So. But the funny thing is, is that they're like they didn't have any problem with like we're gonna go through a machine that can go through time and space, and it's gonna be a fucking phone booth. And we're not at all concerned about like the Doctor Who fucking like world where it's like that's a police phone booth. It's the same fucking thing. True. So True, like Bill and but... Ted's version is just the American version of Doctor Who. I it's don't like, think we're Doctor What. <laughs> I don't think Doctor Who was as big over here at the time. Mm, like I it think had Doctor a, Who. Yeah, it, it had a niche audience. Don't get me wrong, and I am not discrediting Doctor Who, but I think in the last ten to fifteen years from today. Mm-hmm. It's gotten a much bigger American following than it had oh, before. Yeah. Like I can see, I can see your argument for the 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 UK and international as a whole viewing this yeah. film, but in America where it was, you know, I don't. So I think much. I think like it was kind of like the British start. I'm not I, I'm not trying to start any wars and fights with the fucking Nubians <laughs> and, and trackers and shit. But in terms of like substance and credibility, I think. Doctor Who was like this, the quote unquote type of British Star Trek, obviously not in the same genres or even the same story or plot points, but in terms of like real intellects like that show. And I think Mm -hmm. it just hadn't, but it's been around since like the early 60s. Oh, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, no. So I I think the Americans were like, Doctor Who? Yeah, okay, that's that thing over there. Like, it's like, you know. And I and I'm not gonna look it up right now. So for the audience that knows this, forgive me for not if I've got this partially wrong. But like if I recall, because the original Doctor Who was black and white, so I think there was mm-hmm. a run of a number of seasons, then a brief break, and then it came back in color. And when I say a brief break, I want to say like five years, like not a long period of time, but like a number of years in between. So it almost got. But it didn't get rebooted. They picked up where the black and white left off and kept telling the story. So well, that that's all British TV to begin with. Ever that's why they call them series and not seasons. Right. So like, like Blackadder, for example, every season is series one, right, or series two, or series three, and they they don't look at it as like, oh shit, we gotta fucking do season five because we just did season four. They'll be like, all right, that was cool. Like we'll 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 see if we want to do it in like a couple years. They do that for every British show. My my point though is that I and and I've talked to some people I know that are pretty sh- heavy Whovians, and mm-hmm. they they seem to all be in consensus that the black and white ones aren't real good. Like that it really yeah. becomes Doctor Who when it goes to color, and it's not because it goes to color. It's because the storytelling gets better, and there, there's like there's a lot of to it besides the fact that it goes from black and white to color. But that's where it really picks up, and because and I believe that was, and I, I'm not saying they're correlated in any way, but I believe that was after Bill and Ted, when it went to cut. Like there was a nice chunk. Of, I mean, I might be wrong, but there was a nice chunk of time. I'm pretty sure. I, I look. We are not doing a deep dive of Doctor nope. Who, so I'm not going to get any definite fucking answers because we didn't do our research. I know. Um, this is all speculation. So let's yes. go back to the Wild Stallions. All right. Um. <laughs> um I loved I loved working lyrics throughout the film throughout the franchise really but like you know like when they're philosophizing with Socrates you know Socrates Socrates I was gonna say it, but I was afraid it was gonna annoy you uh, you know like it's okay but, if I say it when you do it it's annoying okay uh, but when they, <laughs> <laughs> but when they do the the Kansas 
lyrics for that, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, fast forward to two when they do every rose has a thorn for yeah. to talk to, to get in to see God, you know, so. Um, do you wish they had shown God in the second one? No, I don't. I know. Really? No, I didn't care. I always feel like if there's ever going to be a God cameo, like that's when you get like your random, like, Hey, we paid, we had like an extra 10 grand, our budget. We gave it to fucking like, it's too too early. It's too early chronologically. But if you wanted a nice, like tie the world together, you fucking have Atlantis walk down those stairs. Yeah. I don't think they'll ever do a crossover. No, well, not not now, but I'm saying, like, that would have... Because, no, because... All right, so let's talk about that real quick. Let's come off the movie specific for just a minute. Because people have said to me that there are, like, natural follows. Like, it starts with Cheech and Chong. Then you go Mm -hmm. to Bill and Ted, even though there's no weed. And then you go to Jay and Bob. Like, that's, like, the the progression. So And he... And Kevin even explicitly says that through yeah. a character in yeah. Chasing Amy. Yeah. Where Ethan Supley is trying to describe Bluntman and Chronic. He's like, those are like, you know, Bill and Ted meet Cheech and Chong. And then fucking Affleck is like, oh yeah, I always saw him as like a combination of like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in the modern day era. He's like, yeah, who? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think Kevin said it in a couple of his podcasts too, but I'm just saying like it, it you know, there, there seems to be that natural thought among the people who like those franchises, you know, so. Yeah, the, the you know, I, I don't, I think there's always something about the the comedic duo, you know, starting with Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello, uh, you know, John Belushi and, and uh, Chris Farley, sure. David Spade. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's obviously the fat and skinny, but then it just became, hey, let's just get two fucking guys. I would argue that, like, Without Bill and Ted and Cheech and Chong, you don't get Jane Saw and Bob. Oh, I would agree. Also, yeah. you also add Wayne's World. You get Wayne and Garth. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. To me, the better, the the, the better side by side. Like to to me, I, listen. I agree with everything you just said. But if you're doing an apples to apples type comparisons, it's Cheech and Chong right to Jane Bob. Like, really, even though Bob doesn't speak and both Cheech and Chong speak because of the weed connection, whereas Bill and Ted go directly to Wayne and Garth. Like, to me, that's the, you know what I mean? Like, it's two different groupings, really, but... I think my main thing is that I think it's obvious that Wayne and Garth and Bill and Ted also smoke pot. We just don't see it. I guess. I mean, I I don't think so. I don't. I legit think they're that they're just that inept. Honestly, at least at least Bill and Ted. You know, um, we never see them like we ne- we never see Bill and Ted full on like have like munchies and eat a bunch of crap. So I don't that's why we've seen think, them eat anything. I don't think yeah. Whereas Wayne and Garth, they definitely like. No, that's not true. A... They're eating. They're eating pudding cups during the the report. That's they do eat a pudding uh, cup. Yeah, that's true. But that's it. Speaking of random eating, uh, which does is... go to your theory because he had a bunch of fucking pudding cups in his backpack. Why would he have a bunch of pudding cups in his backpack except for munchies? But you were saying, uh, what did you think of Napoleon's obsession with ice cream? Oh, the Ziggy Pig. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was an obsession as much as I, but he probably never had it. I don't know that they had ice cream in they France. They definitely in... had ice cream. Okay. Maybe because not. I, I looked this up. Oh, did you? Okay. Because he calls it something very specific like like Florentine ice. 
Oh, is that? Oh, he said something in French. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. So he, ice cream was popular in the 18th century. Like ice cream and gelato and all that shit was a thing. Okay. And and he see everyone assumes and and always attributes Napoleon to French, but Napoleon was actually Italian Corsican. Right. Because his name, even though it's pronounced Napoleon Bonaparte, is actually Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah. But he was French. So he was Italian and nobility, born in Corsica. For those who don't know where Corsica is, it's kind of like the other one off of Italy. It's, yeah, like it's an Sar- island off, yeah, like Sicily, yeah, not as big. It's like Sicily, Sardinia, and then Corsica is like mm. the one that's more northern, if I remember correctly. It's the smallest of the three, too, isn't it? Is yes, right? I yeah. believe so. Yeah. So he's essentially Italian, but he was like, all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to switch sides, become French, essentially. That being said, he fucking loved his ass of Italian ice cream. Like, so him doubling down at the Ziggy fucking, like, ice cream buffet makes total sense. I had more of a problem with his obsession with water slides once he got on the thing than I did with the ice cream, honestly. I don't know. Well, problem's a strong word, but if I'm gonna find a fault, that's it more than the ice cream. Well, you understand the the gimmick of that, right? Well, because the, the place was called Waterloo, but I'm talking exactly. about, no, that I get. But the fact that he was so enamored with it is what I'm saying. Like, I don't care that that's the you know. The I gimmick, think I think but. the thing is that he was just so excited that he was able to get on a on a a ride where he was tall enough to get on. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, he's like, you must be this tall to get on. He's like, I am. I can do it. Yeah, I, I listen. This, the, this film as a whole, like, I, I agree with you. The, the mall scene's a little weird. I mean, it's needed to set up the, the report because sure. the report's about what you think about modern day and versus your time, meaning those, those people, right? So. Mm-hmm. You needed the scene to t- to make it make sense for the report, but I agree, it's it 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 felt as rushed made as it is meant to feel in the film that they like they have like two hours to do the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, like it, I get that they have to have these historical figures be fish out of water and like explore shit. I you know I I get the the humor they were going for. It's just yeah. I, I the the Beethoven thing is the one that really fucking grates me. My favorite's actually the Abraham Lincoln when he's like, "All right, give me the hat and beard back," and he's like, "No, it's mine." Like that that is pretty funny. Yeah, I um, wanted so I wanted him to like look at a five dollar and be like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, honestly, would've would have been, been really fucking legit is if Lincoln went to go see a movie. He's like, "Now's my chance." <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh tying back to the last friend the last episode uh it would have been funnier if missy was driving a lincoln um but in any event what the fuck is up with that whole uh, thing yeah that's... every member fucking marries her yeah that i well i they they i think i mean yes i agree but i think they pushed away too far and face the music like that was just I, yeah, I, I mm, like. I was... at least, I at least get the transition from excellent adventure to bogus journey with that. But like, they she were clearly, really trying to. She clearly has a thing for older men. Like that's just a, a with the exception. Of, no, no, no. Because it's pretty well implied, even if it's never said, that she fucked that history teacher too. Like, you know, I almost wish that the the third movie would have opened with her funeral. Like, like that, you know, she just, 
she was like, all married out. Syphilis. Like, something well, then the uh, the dads would have to die too, probably. No, you can cure syphilis if you get it if you treat it. What if she banged like Freud or something? Like when he was like. Well, I think she looked at him funny, if I recall. I think she looks at everybody funny. Yeah, well, no, except also, Bill and Ted. No one really batted a fucking eye that like, like there's all these people like like Billy the Kid and shit. Like, like first off, Billy the Kid broke a lot of laws when he shot out that light bulb in the fucking. Oh theater. yeah, and I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, the, I was like, like the, I the, know the... it's in Arizona, but give it like, come no, on, it's no, it's California. Filmed in Arizona. Either well, way, I, California and Arizona, it's the West. It ain't the old fucking West. And he just shot a fucking live bullet at a light bulb in a school. I, I Listen, I, I... In front of teachers. I, I agree. Because, like, immediately after, he's like, I want, I want you to put your hands together. And the two teachers that don't say a goddamn thing the entire movie immediately are like, yeah! You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, don't shoot me, you well-paid actor. <laughs> like, they, that, they, that was, uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. That was a little, you know. Well, that and the other thing is, like, there are some, incon- like I said, there are some inconsistencies. Like, if you think about when they go to break them out of prison or jail, because it's not prison, it's jail. Let's be, it's you true. know, yeah. yeah. The San Dimas Police Department in that movie is, like, the size of my apartment. Yeah. In Bogus Journey, it's three times the size, and yeah. not a word is implied. It, it goes from, like, you know, backwater small sheriff's office to, like, multi-million dollar structure. No that big deal. is the clear definition of, like, one movie has a budget? <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, it is exactly that. I agree. So, it, I mean, and I'm okay with that, but I'm just saying, like, it was, it, but there is stuff, little stuff like that. Um, you know. For me, some of the funniest jokes of the first Bill and Tad are the, well, we just have to, like, remember to go back in time to get these keys. And then, oh, like, yeah. and then I would leave them right here. Hey, look, they're here. Like, <laughs> right, to yeah. me, that is yeah. the funniest shit of just, like, okay, think about doing this, and then we'll do it, and then we'll go back and fix it. It's just, we don't have to see them fixing all this shit. And, which is nice, right? Because normally, in a lot of other films, you then see that whole sequence, you know, of them right. going back. And What did you, real quick, just because I know you're a fan, and we and we are such a fan on this show, i.e. our first episode, The um, what did you think of the Star Wars, and I use that in quotes, fight scene from when they're back in medieval England? Uh, I think it was... I think it's funny. I think... I was wondering if you would find it funny. That's what I was curious about. It's definitely... I mean, we were talking about, like, apart from, like, spoof movies, like Spaceballs. Sure. What are the earliest Star Wars references? That's one of them, That's for sure. That's definitely got to be one of them. Well, because Empire's, what, 83? Nah, Jedi's 83. I mean, Jedi, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, I... I, I, I know what I said, but I did mean Jedi. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so Jedi's yeah, eighty three. Yeah. So we're only, we're only talking five years. No, that no. The joke that they make is from Empire, from when Luke finds out that he's his father. Sure. You know. But um, spoilers. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, needless to say, it, it's still close enough. Even then, what Empire's what eighty one. Eighty. 80? Okay, so it's but it's not like it's twenty years earlier. It's not no. even ten yet. So it yeah. makes the most sense that they would have seen it when they were like eight years old. Yeah, yeah, 
So it, or, or whatever. Ten they, years no, old. that would have been eight. No, yeah, that would have been about ten. Yeah, no, eight. They would have so been they ten if they're if they're eighteen. They would have been ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I like the fact that it's knights as Jedi knights. Yeah, but and, but yeah. I I still have a minor problem the fact that like I fell out of the suit. Yeah. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you I agree. absolutely one hundred percent did not, Ted. I agree. I agree. Like I said, there's I, there's little shit like that. You know what I mean? That I'm with you. I'm with you. But but it's also not stuff that like it it doesn't destroy. For me, it doesn't destroy the movie. You know what no. I mean? Like you know. No, I, I agree with you. I think because here's here like the um the creators of Bill and Ted who did come back to like do the third film. Yep. I, th- I feel like did not come back really for the second film or, or they were outvoted on certain things. But outvoted maybe because one of them is actually in the movie. So he's right. definitely involved. So, but I think, that, but he, his main consensus was they, they took, they made the second film a parody of the first one, basically, kind which of, is yeah. fucked up because the first film was already kind of a parody um, in its own way. Yeah, I agree. And, and I agree. it goes with the simple fact of, how Bill and like just how we did at the beginning of this episode, they introduce their names and they don't get the fucking joke. Meaning, uh, Bill Esquire is not a lawyer. Esquire <laughs> yes. is for people who are lawyers. Typically speaking, yes. Also, his <laughs> Ted going Ted and then Theodore. He is he's implying that Theodore is his nickname and that his real birth name is Ted. That's where the fucking like the quotes comes from. So like right. mine is and re- so if we were to make the joke of it, it would have been what I should yeah. What I should have done the intro been like, and I am Rico Enrico Di Giorgio. But I didn't really, yeah, yeah. See, that's right. my point is I don't think Ted knows what he's saying, which is why I think they're stoners. I will say that I think out of I, I think Keanu looks in terms of all the movies that you and I watched this, these last couple weeks, and we've seen a lot of Keanu. I think he is having his utmost fun in the first film of Bill and Ted. That includes Bogus Journey. That includes Face the Music. That includes Constantine. That includes all the Matrix films. That includes fucking Point Break and everything else we've seen. He is having the most. He is at his most smiley. As Ted. Oh, for sure. Like, he is. Yeah. Because and I and I say that because he looked dour as all hell in face the music. Um, you know what? Like, and that's the, the other day, uh, not the other day, but one of our previous recordings, and I don't remember if we said it on air or if it was during our like pre-show talk that we typically do, but like, up, yeah. we talked about how he doesn't look good without the beard. I got to be honest, going back and watching it again, like, I don't think he looked as bad as I remembered. Like, I'm not saying he looks great, but I don't think he looked as bad as I remembered without the beard. Like, I felt like he looked more aged than the first time I saw it than when I watched it just recently for today. I think the beard helps. Oh, Uh, no, for sure. I'm not disputing that. I think we're just the ones that have, like, cracked the code that Keanu Reeves has aged. And to prove that is just watch Bill and Ted face the music because with the long hair and the shaved face, he does not look like how he looked in like Bones Journey oh, no. or no, well, of course not. It's twenty some odd years later, sure. Right, but the joke is that he, you know, he has never aged. And blah, blah, yeah. blah. I'm like, no, no, he's aged. Like you, all it takes is a razor. Did you see who is who uh, was considered for Rufus before Carlin got it? 
I want to say I, I read it. It was like John Candy or something. No. Ooh. Well, maybe, but that's not what let's say. I'm going to go out of order because there's a specific one I want to say for last because I think you're sure. going to be like, what now? Um, Charlie Sheen was one of them. As Rufus? As Rufus, yep. Yeah, maybe in Rufus and Dogma, but no. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ringo Starr. Actually, Star. no, that, that, that wouldn't work because then Charlie Sheen would have to be in like blackface. <laughs> yeah, well, true. True. I uh, although I I could see Charlie Sheen doing that in uh, yes, like an agreed. unironic way. Uh, yes, agreed. Ringo Starr. That one. I, that one's the one I see the most. I could see Ringo he, doing it. I I could see that. Uh, Roger Daltrey. Okay. It's the lead singer from the Who. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. And then Sean Connery. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, on paper, I on paper, see that. yes, but that's yeah. Can you imagine Sean Connery like with th- that? Is kind of like can you imagine Sean Connery with with Jay and Bob? Like what the fuck is this? Like yeah, I know. Shut up. Can you imagine? First off, it'd be like Sal and Bob like geeking out, being like, you know, like Jay and Bob would be like, check it out, lunchbox is the fucking it's it's Indiana Jones's dad, and Sean Connery's like, who? <laughs> So I'm just looking at I'm looking at other stuff to see if there's anything else I we missed. Um, I listen. I will say this real quick. I love um, uh, I love the report. I really do. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole film. They absolutely get a fucking A just for the effort. Like uh, they they had a big spectacle for a report. Dude. See like, now I, give I, them credit. I expected you to destroy that more than anything else in the film. Why? Well, because see, and and I don't know if this is this is just a product of us doing this as long as we have. But I've started watching these films now, going, okay, where are Steph and Rico going to find fault? Like, not these meaning Bill and Ted. I mean, just when we any movie, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And like the amount of lighting coordination and music coordination, they didn't have enough time to choreograph all that. Like My, well, I agree and, with and that. props and to get all the props together that they like the 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 gurney Ted's laying on when Freud's analyzing him that one I can kind of see okay, that could have been just off stage oh look there's a gurney let's wheel it out and lay him on it that one I'm but like the swords they're fighting with the keyboards of Beethoven's playing I the maps all I likened know. all that to shit. We got to get another thing. All right, well, let's remind ourselves to go back and get it in time, and then it'll just be here off to the center. But yeah, but it, but they don't really say it. Like even if they, even if we had a one second and we're going, hey, let's get all. We got to remember to get all the stuff we need for the report after the report, and then poof, they have it. Would have been enough. But I, I could have like, sworn they did say that. But uh-uh. maybe just no, nope, they were like, we just got to get there. Like everyone, get in. Let's go. Come on, you know, like that's it. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I. Like, I don't mind that because it's a time travel movie, so I could just... And they've already established the joke, like, oh, if we forget it, we'll just remember it now. Yeah, like, I don't I, I don't it. hate it. I'm just saying, like, if there's any kind of... But it, it made me think of, of you know, um, of, you you know, you were like, this is the part I expected to be like, all right, let's start destroying, you know what I mean? So, no, the my main problem was fucking beef oven. I mean, that was really the right, fucking... You, which I didn't see coming, by the way. Like that's not the one I I saw. So well, he saw it coming. He just didn't hear it coming. That's the whole point. <laughs> I got right. I got to be honest. Very quickly, I got to be honest. Overall, I I did not expect you to like, especially 
any this this felt more like a favor to me when even though you might have been the one that suggested it, I didn't think you would like these as much as it seems like you do. I'm I'm very happy that you do, but I mean, well, it, you and I had kicked around the whole. Th- I mean, it logically just made sense just to flow but that's what with saying. the Keanu, yeah. I'm saying I I didn't see you ever wanting to do it except for the except for that reason alone. You know what I mean? Like if I yeah. just randomly it said, "Hey, let's do Bill and Ted," you I didn't expect you to be like, "Yeah, let's do it." You know, so yeah. I mean, it, it if we were if it was just a random thing, if we were like doing other things that had nothing to do with Keanu, then I wouldn't have probably I would have been like, "Man, let's save it for when we do a fucking deep dive of the Matrix or some shit." Sure, sure. All right, you well know. let's let's get the bogus journey because it sucked. Let's move on. <laughs> No, not all of it sucks. Mm, okay. Um, I think William Sadler's death was probably my favorite part. I, I, I have to agree with you. I do. I, I love. So you agree? It sucks, but William Sadler's death was great. Um, no, I agree with okay. you that William Sadler's death was great. I didn't agree with the first half of the sentence. Um, I, there are things that I like. I like the fact that first off, well, let's talk about something that happened throughout the franchise that I find really kind of interesting because the franchise has been pretty good about getting the same actors to come back for stuff. Mm-hmm. Not not across the board, but as much as they possibly can, right? Mainly Bill and Ted, Missy, and the dad. Uh, and uh, both dad. dads. Both dads. But but not in the third film. I think he only... Nope. I think the... He shows... I think, he, I think he's at the wedding. Oh, you're he, right. Yeah, I think he's he at the wedding. Sad. He yeah, sad. Yeah. Um, and but and even and and honestly, like with, with for obvious reasons, I think Rufus would have been in Face the Music if you know not True. for you know. Um, but they and even the fact that they brought William Sadler back in the third one, like mm-hmm. to play Death again, they easily yeah. could have put someone else in that makeup and and robes and. You know, that would have been it. You know what I mean? Um, But the princesses are not the same at any point in all three of them. No. It's it's three different pairings for all three. (laughs) That's just really interesting to me. I don't know why. I don't think it's a choice. Like, I don't think the, the production said, okay, new pair. Like, I don't think that's what happened. My guess is that... The actresses chose not to return in all three in in the previous. I can't say all three because there's not a third like that pairing in the in face the music. I haven't been given the choice yet, but yeah, I yeah, um, I don't I don't have an answer for that. I don't I, the way Hollywood runs. It's it's probable that like either they had disagreements behind the thing, and if one drops out, they might have to recast both just to find like a completely different pair. Sure, but. It, but at the same time, it's like I was not so focused on the princesses where I noticed a major change from uh, Excellent Journey to Bogus Adventure or wherever the fuck. Uh, excellent excellent Adventure to Bogus Journey. I, Face I the did, movies, I don't know, whatever the fuck those, those I did for a reason because that, and this probably just um, appeals to my, my uh, I can't think of the word anymore, but just things that I enjoy more. The the girls are supposed preference? to be No, no, it's not about preference, but like the girls are supposed to be in the band. Sure. Like that that makes them major players in the fact that Wild Stallions ultimately becomes like the savior of the universe. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about the save 
their face the music result. I'm talking about the fact that like from the excellent adventure, Rufus says, if you don't pass this report, our world ends basically. You know right. what I mean? So and and he even makes it a point to have them sign the the CD, which I do find ironic. They still have CDs 700 years in the future, but that's a different conversation. Um, you know, but he has them sign the album cover because they're in the band, you know, what they should have wrote was like, dear Rufus, fuck you. You know, Bill yeah. and Ted. Right. Well, you never actually see what they say. wrote on the thing, but yes. Um, sure. but these princesses are never the same. Never. No. And I mean, I'm not saying I have a major problem with it, but it was something that I noticed that I just found intriguing more than anything else. And if I'm if I'm guessing, or if I'm if I'm not guessing, if I if I'm if I'm picking, I would say that the pair from Bogus Journey was the best of the three pair, personally, for for the princesses specifically. Um, it could just be the fact that they really stuck out for me in. In the uh, third film, in well, the more music, the more prevalent to the main story in the third one, right? So yeah. that's I think that's why I just didn't really notice a huge difference among the three. Okay, um, I think I think no matter what, the princesses are going to be the kind of opposites of Bill and Ted. Like Bill sure. and Ted are excitable and kind of dumb, and they're just like, well, we're reserved and smart. Oh yeah, for sure. So I'm, how, yeah. but how smart can they be? They chose Bill and Ted. So, you know, well, I mean, compared to the Royal ugly dudes, I'll take Bill and Ted, but, um, you know, uh, the other thing I found that I liked, especially with the second one is that they, when it came to music, they got real music, real musicians, like the, you know, the when Rufus goes to teach his class and he brings it now obviously they can't bring in the real Bach because he's dead. And and they do have Bach show up in the film, you know, just to, or in the franchise I mean. I mean, just to your point of like Bach versus Mozart versus um When when was Bach in the film? Oh no no no, but they, they reference him. They say Bach will be our vi- our No, it was. He's one of the isn't he No, they reference he'll be the visit he'll be there next week. Like they're bringing, like, oh, yeah. Okay. But um, the guy, the guy they say is from Faith No More. The band is really the guitar player from Faith No More. You know, right? Now they give Faith No More a lot more credit for being influential in music than they ultimately end up being. But in mm-hmm. 1991, they were pretty big, so it, it makes sense. You know, um, the fact that they knighted them is a little excessive, but sure. Whatever, you know, um, you know, so just, just that. And then they have actually have Primus playing at the Battle of Bands. Like that actually was Primus. Now it was before right. Primus was Primus. They weren't, they were still, they were signed, but they weren't huge yet. Like they were still kind of coming up at that point in 91. So. Right. That was know, like right before like. They broke. I mean, with, shit. Yeah. Like Primus. Is is now just as famous for doing the fucking music for Beavis and Butthead and the South Park themes. Like they're famous, mm-hmm. they're just as famous for doing those themes. Yeah, and that was then like Bogus Journey was like one year or two years before Beavis and Butthead, which I would argue gave them another wave of resurgence. Sure, sure, yeah. I and mean, then another five years for South Park. Yeah, and then they had a nice little run on MTV. They had a couple different videos that did really well. So, I mean, I'm not discrediting Primus in any way, but I'm saying is like they didn't put a band together 
to no. play like that they actually had Primus. It was actually right. that band. It was pretty cool. And as far as I've read, they actually for the audience that was at that battle of the bands, they got a full fucking Primus set. They didn't they filmed the one song for the for the movie, but mm-hmm. they let Primus play a full fucking set for the audience. It was there and as far as I know they they tapped Primus's fans to fill a chunk of that audience. Whether it was the whole audience, I don't know. But they mm-hmm. they definitely tapped like Primus's fan base and be like, hey, you want to you want a free Primus thing? Come sit in this audience and watch us film this goofiness, you know. Isn't that interesting? In all these groups, apart from, I mean, even I think Cheech and Chong like had a concert sequence of bands and shit at some yeah. point. But all these movies, all these groups, Wayne's World, Jay and Bob, all have like a concert sequence with like at least one, a- yeah. A real band like yeah. Morris Day in the time and fucking yeah. Aerosmith and Alice Cooper and then mm-hmm. fucking you know Primus. Yep, yeah. That's I, just funny. To me. I don't remember and, if I mean, Cheech and Chong had real bands. I don't. Cheech remember. and Chong literally like their first film, Up in Smoke, is about them going to a no, but I don't. No, no, no. I know that, but I don't remember if there was a real band also featured. Is what I'm I saying. Think, I, yeah, I don't remember, but I yeah. I know, but that kind of like falls in the category. Of, no, like, it does. About, I, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah I, I I'm not. I no, I remember. Up in Smoke's the only one of their movies I've seen, actually. So uh, next movie is pretty fucking iconic for me and Michael too. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's um, it's well worth a watch if you like Cheech and Chong. If you don't, I, I, then don't bother. I I I, I kind of can take them or leave them. I don't hate them, it, but I don't. You know, it is the first movie to feature Pee Wee Herman before he was cast as Pee Wee Herman. Right. Paul Rubens goes up on stage in the film as Pee Wee Herman. Yes, I yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, um. All right. So. But yeah, I think I, I have ahead. a lot of criticisms of of Bogus Journey. Rattle them off. Let's get them. Let's 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 talk about I, them. The futuristic weird clothes was really fucking ridiculous. But you got to figure it's seven hundred years in the future. We have no idea what fashion is going to look like seven hundred years in the future. And it's not a very good choice. Good choice to or bad my, choice. To but... my po- to my God. point, they didn't have the same fucking design and costumes that they did in the future of Face the Music. No, but you got to figure it's another twenty years. Like fashions change. Look over the last twenty years, right now, how fashions have changed. Like fashions change. I don't have a problem with that, and I actually like the fact that in Bogus Journey, unless they... it's in your closet, you know, fashions do change. Yes, unless it's in my closet. Um, but no, but in in in, oh, in reality, like I love the fact that, that they swung for the fence and went for something off the wall. Like you don't have them wearing like, you know, just jeans and t-shirts. Like they're wearing something that you could uh, you could safely assume would be a potentially futuristic thing. Like, you know, uh, we talked in the I don't know if it was the last episode or the one previous about how I seem to like a lot of those you know, post-apocalyptic or or at least way in the future films you know with the exception of Blade Runner that we both had issues with like but even Blade Runner is a really good example you know it's what 60 years in the future from where it's set maybe not when it came out but from where it's set like the second one for oh, the second one. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was and right. fashion has it but even the even the first one isn't it's what? It's twenty. What? What do we say? The first Blade Runner is twenty twenty. It's like twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. I think it's twenty. Okay, and 
compared to a 1980 fuck when it comes out, it's it's not yeah. it's not very different fashionably, and that happens in a lot of movies. Like I'm not even picking on Blade yeah. Runner. Like a lot of these Blade. movies that show the future, the fashions are very of whatever year the movie comes out. And true. For for Blade Runner as an example, they're doing a lot of eighties like leather punk Sh- shoulder kind of. pads and yeah, like I, I look, I just didn't fucking like it. I thought it was bulbous and and ridiculous I didn't say it colors. was good, but I like the fact that, that they swung for it. They 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 you know what I mean? Like I mean, trying look, do should anybody get credit for trying something new and original? Sure. But there has to be that voice says, look, this is original, but maybe that there's a reason why no one else has done this. It looks stupid. Be like, I mean, for, I don't know. It just, the, the thing I have is like, it just doesn't look like something that Bill and Ted would wear. And if they're trying to like make them the saviors of the world, that you would think like their phrases are like how they greet each other, like be excellent to each other and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. At no point do I see Bill and Ted wearing these outfits. They would wear something like how they would wear, like jeans and T-shirts, and you know. And I think that would be the social norm. That this much social attire. Maybe there's to be some futuristic elements, like the the more upper class people would kind of have like suits and futuristic suits and shit, like George Carlin's character. I don't know if you remember, but the end of Bogus Journey when they when they do the. Uh, 18 months or 16 months of intense guitar training like when they mm-hmm. they take the booth and disappear and for the audience it's instantaneous but when they come out especially Ted what he's wearing is very 1990s version of what they're wearing in the future he's wearing like he's wearing a fucking baseball shield guard as a t-shirt you know like yeah like he's wearing a very it's still '90s in look, but the the vibe is very similar to what they're wearing in the future. If that's your argument, I'm not saying well, you know. Then the argument is that everybody in, in the bogus journey future should be looking like they're members of ZZ Top and like whoever the f- because I remember reading in trivia like that they were basically the appearance was based on like ZZ Top and then like. Keanu's like Ted was based on someone else, like it, like it was like Dave Navarro or something. Even though it wasn't Dave Navarro, God, but it's it got a very so- Dave Navarro feel to it. I agree. Yeah, right. Um, so it was something very. I mean, that that's. I don't care if they were intending to look like fucking one of the dudes from ZZ Top. That was ZZ Top all the fucking way. So it's just interesting. Um, the other, the uh, you know, I'm just gonna go out and say it like. The the evil robots was a very interesting original idea because you get Bill and Ted, or mainly you get Alex and Keanu playing the villains themselves, mm-hmm. which was at the time a new concept, and they kind of overdid it in the third one, for in my opinion. Um, I just felt like mm, like it was fine. Like the killer robots was kind of fine. And and it was sort of palatable. I like those versions of the Killer Robots more than the Killer Robot in Face the Music, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I I t- I'll tell you what I did absolutely think was creative was when spoiler Bill and Ted are killed, mm-hmm. which is really the original title for Bogus Journey was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Yeah, and then like they thought the producers or the studio thought it was too. 
like you that they couldn't use the word hell or something for a it, title. It didn't. They thought it wouldn't fly well with an American audience. I'm just reading it now as I was looking for something else. Which, which is really fucking weird. But okay. Um, and then they go to, but when they do die, that's not like CGI to make them look like black and white. Like they didn't pull a Schindler's List and have like color and black and white mixed together. They, that's makeup and yep. like gray fucking costumes and i thought that was pretty inventive i like that too actually i was with you yeah i'm with you on that i thought that was well done um so i i give them credit for that i think i i thought that the german the german villain was a was ridiculous although i did laugh yeah yeah but I did find it really like the the subtle joke. I'm like George Carlin was like he was my old teacher, and then it's revealed he was actually like a fucking PE teacher. Yep. And I'm like, oh well, there goes to show that of course the fucking ender of the world is going to be a pissed off uh, coach, uh, you know, a pissed off PE teacher who just um, didn't fuck, you know, he was just pissed off. He was a PE teacher. Really quickly, there's a really odd piece of trivia here. I was looking for something else, but there's a really odd piece of trivia that I just want to share because there's no other reason we're going to talk about it. And it's, it's, um, hold on. I just fucking lost it. Got Oh, it's the only movie ever made the feature, the grim reaper and the Easter bunny in the same film. I mean, I have to fucking think about how many Easter bunny movies I've seen. <laughs> I mean, there's so many to choose from. Okay, I mean, yeah, that's that's a bit of trivia that like it's it's weird one off trivia, but it's actually kind of really interesting. To like me. whoever wrote that down and submitted that to IMDb, the person who like had to approve that would have been like, and <laughs> or they didn't even bother to vet it. They're just like, okay, sure, you know, I you know, whatever, dude. I'm not gonna bother checking that shit. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Um. I yeah man like I just felt like this was the weirder the weird like again like how the creators kind of said this film like this was in itself a parody of the first film which in itself was its kind of own parody is really sells it for me I'll buy the fact that Bill and Ted go to hell uh I I really was kind of thrown off by their nightmare sequences where they're being chased by the Easter bunny and by grandma trying to kiss them and like having to fucking possibly go. I've been looking it up and I, even before we started recording and I can't find it, but I'm almost positive. Alex winter plays the grandmother. I didn't see that at all. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you see him all old and face the music, like not, not, I mean, when they make them like towards just just himself. No, I meant towards Mm. the end. Um, I thought it was, you know, it's really, this shows how like old fashioned and geeky I am when old ass Ted, I mean, like when they're in the fucking home, Keanu Reeves old as fuck. It's gotta, it's not, this is like one of those, like you're, you'll make fun of me for like contributing this to like IMDB. Like what weird trivia is that? Sure. But I swear to fuck. He looks like, he looks like Bud Abbott from Abbott and Costello, not Keanu Reeves on a whole, but the old man, Keanu Reeves looks like Abbott. So you know what I thought he looked like? Like was how well do you remember Big Trouble in Little China? Very little. Okay. Next time you watch that film, or at least try to find the sequence of um, I'm blanking on the villain's name from that movie. But what? Because do you remember the concept that he's like an old man and then he can kind of like morph into the when he's in the old man, 
that's okay. what he looked like. It's really kind of, I mean, because, and with, with respect to Keanu, Keanu's got an Asian heritage, so that works, you know? Yeah. Um, another, you want another really, this one I think you'll appreciate, this this uh, piece of trivia. Mm -hmm. This is during the seance, just to kind of give you a, a time frame. I think I know this, but go ahead and say it for the, for the sake of it. The riddance of evil book that Missy uses to send Bill and Ted to hell is actually a redressed copy of Stephen King's short story collection, Four Past Midnight. But even more interestingly, Rico, just due to tie it back to one of our things, she opens it to the story of Secret Window, Secret Garden, which can be clearly read on a few of the lines when they yeah. show the book, which we deep dove... Two Halloweens ago? Last Halloween. Uh, yeah, two Halloweens ago. You're yeah. right. Um, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that the phrase that they say that they chant is uh, something akin to like the, the, the names of the creators of Bill and Ted will rule the world. Like, oh, it was that it was that, that phrase in like backwards. Like, I didn't see that. No. So yeah, that's some someone someone figured out what the phrase was, and it's like, you know. Bill and Ted will rule the world, except it's not Bill and Ted, it's the creators of the fucking, you know, the guys who created Bill and Ted. Well, I mean, that's, that's like, um, the, the, the main villain is the producer's name spelled backwards. Ed Solomon is the main producer of the film, and the guy's name is Denomalos, if you... Yeah, you you're know. right, you're absolutely right, I, I forgot that. So... Um, I, yeah, man, it, this was just, like, all over the place, and not in a good way for me. It just felt... I didn't like the good robot analysis. I I had no. I thought that was stupid. I gotta say, I was not a the, fan of that at all. I, it also just like the whole concept of station. Station, was I didn't weird. have a problem with. Like, and I, I mean, like the Grim Reaper. Uh, by the way, well, we'll talk about this in a second. But but getting back to the station thing, the Grim Reaper, when he says to them, "What you thought that the." most intelligent mind in the entire universe would be from earth. Like I, I kind of bought that. I was like, yeah, like what, you know, cause well, I, I figured, yeah. I believe, I believe there's, you know, alien, I do believe there's alien life out there. I, I can't, you know, I can't wrap my brain. It would around be arrogant to say that we are the only ones in the universe. Exactly. Right. And that's, that's how yeah. I feel about it. So, you know, maybe I got a problem with the fact that he's a Martian. Cause that's, is kind of what they allude to is that he's a Martian, but you know, like, I don't. I think they call him a Martian because they don't know any better. I think okay. I thought they actually somehow like I remember. I thought the station's like not or something at one point. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Like that's not really the important part, and it's not that big of a deal that I'm like, what the fuck? Like I don't really care. But you know, I actually thought you would dislike the most. What you would dislike the most about this film is the venturing into the afterlife, just because of your belief system and not believing in such. So, um, you know. no, because I can, I can handle movies that like dogma True. and, and Bill and Ted where they like, what I don't like is movies that are overly preachy. This I is like, not like, that for sure. No, yeah. it's not that at all. Like I, I totally am fine with no, not everybody being an atheist. I no, wish yeah. it were so, Yeah, I know. but I, I understand that it takes a great leap of faith to lose your leap of faith. Like, I totally understand that. 
Um, I think something like Dogma gets a lot of high praise from it because at least it's honest about its hypocrisy of religion. Like, it points out flaws in religion, you know, whereas this is like, oh, well, of course they're going to go to hell. If there is a hell, there's got to be a heaven. There's a, you know, death. There has to be a devil, blah, blah, blah. What, what, Um, Go ahead. Sorry, I wanted to finish your point first. I I really didn't. I don't. I'm trying to think if I had a point. It was just okay. like no. It, it was fine with me. What you have to give me? Like we talked about some of the funny jokes. Like when they're playing death, the games. Like that mm-hmm. to me is a real funny sequence as well. Like I said at the beginning, the fucking the the William Sadler as death was one of the, was probably the biggest highlight of this film. Right, but I didn't know if you meant like specific incidents. Like like especially when he's like. Like, they beat him in Battleship, and he's like, best two out of three, and then they immediately beat him in Clue, and he's like, Mm -hmm. best three out of five, and then they beat him at that electronic football game, which I've played, and it is insanely hard to play, but that's Mm -hmm. beside the point, and then he's like, best of seven, he's like, damn right, you know, like, that's pretty funny to me. Yeah, that was funny. I think, I mean, you know what that's from, the whole, like, battling death no. So there's a there's a real classic movie that I still have never seen that it's like on my list, but it, it has an iconic sequence where a I believe he's a he's a knight and he has to he he uh, is he dies and he has to try and get back to Earth and he challenges death to a game of chess, mm. which is why sometimes you'll see death in like images with a chessboard or like death seated across someone playing chess. That's sure. it's from the movie, the seventh seal. Okay. Um, example, the movie last action hero. Yeah. When Ian McKellen comes out of the theater screen and he's death, they're playing the movie, the seventh seal. Okay. The difference is, is Ian McKellen did not play death in the seventh seal, right, but right. they had to make do. So, for them to take the iconic thing of like instead of playing chess, they're playing fucking you know battleship is pretty fucking funny with me. Like I thought that was like okay, that does that's something that Bill and Ted would do because clearly Death likes to play games, right? So that and that is kind of like their version of chess, like you said, as is its clue. Like it 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 slowly devolves from intelligence to like you know. I think Twister was pushing it because if anything, I think death would have won at Twister because he could literally just break off his own appendages. Which by the way, they got the colors wrong. I was paying attention. No, no, but like Ted's over there spinning and it's like right foot green or whatever. Right. Oh yeah. 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 So is it a continuity error? There's a continuity error. Yeah. Like, cause Ted, cause at one point, I think it was Bill gets like left hand blue and he puts it on left hand green. No one mm-hmm. says a damn thing because you can't really see the colors anyway. Cause to your point, it's meant to be black and white. You can right. kind of see the colors cause it's not full black and white. It's like a hue of black and white. Cause you can see the red for sure. But, mm-hmm. and then there's another move and then he spins. There's like one other move. And then there's a move where death gets right foot green and green is not where Bill put his left hand when he got left hand green or right hand, whatever the hand was. Like he, there's a continuity error there for sure. Sure. So, um, and had had they not, here's the funny part, right? Death would have won. Yeah. If if they hadn't 
<laughs> you know, so it's it's that. But I like that. I like them. The other thing I found really funny was the Melvin. Why the? F- I don't understand why it's called the Melvin. I don't either. I don't. That's I, that's a yeah. thing from Bill and Ted that well, like, I, we just didn't know. I. This is the way I always took it, right? I don't know why it has the name, so I want to stress that part, right? But a wedgie's the back, Melvin's the front. Even and and the death just gets it wrong when he does it to Denomalos in the end. Like he calls okay. it a Melvin because I guess maybe he doesn't know any better, but I don't know. But well, neither yeah. do we. Like we didn't. No, know no, no. But I'm of. saying, like, if if he should have said sure. wedgie instead of Melvin, is my point. You know right. what I mean? Which, by the way. I don't know how many people pick up on this, but do you see the look of like joy on Denomalos's face when his underwear ends up as his ass? Like he almost gets a smile on his face, like, ooh, that feels good. Like he really does. Check that out next time you watch it. It won't happen. Um I, I think it's just fair to say that like all German voiced people are creepy and weird. Okay. Um, I mean the fact they look the bringer of death is has a German accent. I don't think there's a coincidence in there. <laughs> um, one more quick piece of just interesting thing, and then I will get to the credits and move on because I want to. We need to talk about the credits, in my opinion. But um, I did like that they gave Joss, or not Joss, um, William Sadler another moment to actually show himself. Yeah, um, I caught that too. I had to, I, I yelled it to someone. Like, oh my god, it's him! Did you did you know? About the 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 on screen wife and daughter though, yep. What is it? Uh, after, after, well, it's his, his. So him as a British dude, that is his wife. It's an actual but, wife and daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, um, I thought, uh, which is, but like in theory, that's a weird cameo to pull. Why? Like it was just like well, because it doesn't like why. Like, I think it like, was their way of saying if you're gonna be. I think I think it was Williams. William saying, "I'd like to be on screen as my as something like people probably didn't I want people recognize to recognize my face." Yeah, basically. kind of. Yeah, and so they were like, "All right, we'll throw you a bone. We'll put you in the montage during the the thing at the end." So, yeah, why? I like how you said we'll throw you a bone, and he played death. Well, yeah, okay, but anyway, so the credits. We have to talk about the credits. Now they do their best to fix this during throughout the course of face the music. And I get that they probably thought Bogus Journey was the last Bill and Ted we were ever going to see. Like at, this... at the time, they were planning on making a third one for a long time. Yeah, but here's here's what I mean. <clears throat> because the whole concept of the third one is they have yet to write the song that brings the world together that Rufus professes to them when he comes back in the first one. Correct. Yet, it's also said that that Battle of the Bands that gets broadcast all over the world because of Denomalos is what does it. And if you yeah. read the headlines, like, it starts trickling through already. Like, yeah. you know, so they kind of retconned a lot of those headlines they show in the credit scene to make three. Not all of them, because they do reference the Grand Canyon appearance. Mm-hmm. They reference the lawsuits between Death and Bill and Ted because that's brought up on the the credits as well. Like in the yeah. in the you know, um, they never address the fact that Missy weds Denomalos, but that's whatever. I don't really care about that, but it's still just worth pointing out since they made it a point to show it. You know, um, 
So a lot of that stuff was already kind of handled, and then you get 20 years later, and they never actually succeeded at that yet. Like, that's a major continuity problem for me. Yeah, it looks like, for me, it looks like they were trying to quote-unquote re-edit, rewrite a little bit of Bogus Journey just Well, that's what I'm saying, because they they, they finally were able to make the third one, like... If you leave Bogus Journey, despite what you think of the film, Rico, if you leave the end the way that it ends, mm-hmm. the the you know to to use a line from Star Wars, the prof- the the prophecy has been fulfilled. You know, yeah, like it, yeah, it it, it 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 comes to fruition. What what is supposed to have come comes. You know what I mean? And I'm okay that we got a third one because I'm a big fan of these characters in this franchise. So I'm glad we got a third one. I was a little nervous about it, just like I was nervous about the fourth Matrix. You know what I mean? And if I'm putting them side by side, since they are both Keanu projects, I like the fourth Matrix better than I like the third Bill and Ted, but it still worked, you know. Yeah, I like them kind of on equal parity, well, to be perfectly yes, honest. Yes, but I, it's also fair to say I'm a bigger fan of both franchises than you are. As a sure. whole, you know, so, um, but, you know, to, there was, like, it took the second watching for me to be okay, or third, I guess, for me to really be okay with, like, what ultimately came of that result. Because the first time I watched it, especially, I was like, you're destroying a big chunk of the already established mythos here. You know right. what I mean? Like, it almost would have been better if they had, um, like broken up for a while and came back together. You know what I mean? And like maybe the world fell into chaos as opposed to like finding that initial song that got them to where Rufus said they would be. You know, I agree with you. I think I think a more natural idea would have been them splitting up and then having to see. You and I have our, uh, you and I you and I have said this. We're not writers by any stretch of the imagination. We're writers. We're rewriters. Yeah. Like we can look at a movie like Face the Music and be like, look, we like where you're going because we do occasionally like the concept of going back to the well. As long yeah, as they yeah. treat it with respect and they have got the same actors, that's fine. Or at and, least, you know, uh, it feels like a right story. Yes. Yeah. Um, What would have been great is if like they split up and then like their kids bring them back together to like, you know, to, to save the universe. Which I and mean, that's it could ahead. have been just as something as simple as like they they fucking stole each other's fucking princess brides. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's the same thing. Like that's another piece you brought up. You brought up the daughters, right? Which which I, I thought was well executed, in my opinion, very well executed. But my problem with it is that, and they they clean it up with a little piece of dialogue and face the music. But at the end of Bogus Journey, it's pretty obvious they're two little boys. You know what I mean? Now, they, yeah. they they clean it up with, like, oh, remember when I used to call you Little Ted? Like, yeah, okay, fine. But, like... I just think that there's I, that whole thing of, like... I, 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 I It's uh, no, that gimmick. I also want to stress this for the audience or anyone who might be new listening to the show. I don't have a problem with that they made them girls. Like, you and I have zero problem with them being daughters instead of sons. Like, my only problem with it being daughters over sons is that it destroys the continuity from the end of two. If you had seen Joanna and Elizabeth just pregnant standing on stage, and then in the next one they had daughters, I'd be 100% on board and be like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm fine with this. 
You know what I mean? It, right. it, it's the fact that you actually saw these kids and they called them Little Bill and Little Ted. Right. You know, like that's where my, my it's, issue it's lies. It's a retcon, yeah. Yeah. It's not a retcon, it, it's a rewrite, really. It's, it, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, it, it's almost like, let me put it this way. Bogus Journey is the parody of Excellent Adventure, mm-hmm. and then Face the Music is the fan fiction what-if scenario that happened to be made. But well done, I think. Well done. I mean, yeah. it was the creators coming back, and just like how we talked about for Matrix 4, it had, in my, in our opinion, at least I'm, I am speaking for you, if you're going to make another film and you're going to try and make it super meta and self-referential, you have to have the original or at least a original creator to come back and do it. Right. You know, it's got to come from their heart and brain to really fucking sell the whole point. Um, here's an interesting thing for face music. When Bill and Ted meet their elderly selves, it marks the first time since Bill and Ted's excellent adventure that an encounter with their future selves is completely in good nature. Yeah. Every other time they see their doubles, it's always like antagonists. Well, in Bogus Journey, it's not technically their doubles, but I get the point they're going for, and I'm not going to split hairs, but I, I get where they're going, yeah. All right, so the killer robot, I fucking really... Yeah, like, I'm, I, I I'm understood with you. the whole concept of a killer robot, but him fucking being like, my name is De- Dennis Caleb McCoy, I was like, I don't understand what they're trying to do here. Like, if that's either, a reference. Yeah. So I found out. Killer Robot's character and his name, Dennis Caleb McCoy, are allusions to AOR band Styx. Styx's former singer's name is Dennis DeYoung, and Mr. Roboto is a quintessential Styx song written by DeYoung. Okay, that's still kind of stupid, though. That's what I'm saying, is, like, I don't understand the joke, and I didn't understand why, like, having an emotional fucking insecure robot was relevant for this fucking movie. I agree. It made more sense in Hitchhiker's Guide. Than it does in this one. Right. And and that to be said, I, I don't dislike the actor who plays him because he's that. I don't even know who that he's, is. He's the bald motherfucker from the show Barry. And he like, I think he played like Victor Zaz in, a, in one of the adaptations or something mm. of like, okay. a, like it's either Gotham or fucking bat woman or so. I don't know. I lose fucking track with all these fucking. It's probably Gotham. Just based on what it's it either came out. Gotham or it's Arrow. It's one of the. I don't think Richard Zaz Tyson. ever showed up in Arrow, and I don't think he was in Batwoman either. At least up to that point. So Victor Zaz shows up in Arrow when they did. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Um, Black Mask. He was Black Mask's henchman. So then maybe that was Gotham. No, you're because thinking. You're thinking. Parent. You're thi- Black Black Mask was never in Arrow. You're thinking of Birds of Prey. No, 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 no. There was a show where they, well, he wasn't called Black Mask. Uh, uh, he was called Roman Sionis. So it may have been. I don't remember him ever been, being an Arrow. Or it, it was either Arrow or it was um, Gotham. It was probably Gotham. It's probably Gotham. And he wasn't, if he's in Gotham, he was working actually not even for Sionis. He was working for Penguin. But that's a different conversation. Um, Fair enough. let's talk about um, a good reference that takes place in this film because I, there is a really good one that I really liked and, and I I don't know if you feel the same way about it as I do I'm not saying you don't like it but I loved it and obviously Rufus couldn't be in the film because sadly George is no longer with us but 
they had to still tie it to Rufus somehow. And first off, I'm glad that they did. Like, they didn't just create a whole new character. Like, they did, but they tied it to Rufus in a real, real kind of way that it was his daughter as opposed to just some other random person, right? Mm-hmm. But even more so, the fact that they named the character Kelly, I thought was awesome. Well, you and I get that. But explain what the significance of that right. is. Well, I was, but I wanted to just let you comment on it first. So for those not familiar, uh, George Carlin does have a daughter in real life, and her name is Kelly Carlin. Now, mm-hmm. she doesn't play this role, and actually she's a bit of an actor, so I don't know why they didn't tap her. I don't know if she said no or, it may, or what. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it was just too personal it could have been but she's been on kevin's podcast several times she seems pretty awesome and she seems to have a good sense of humor so i don't know if not that you need a sense of humor but you know what i'm saying like i think she could have done it is my point sure um but that said the girl who does play kelly rufus's daughter i think i think really does a good job of paying homage to um george it's a heartfelt tribute i it really is it was really, and it was really well done, you know, so. It, it's so weird how, like, like the, the, I mean, there's the most, the most usage of the name Rufus is honestly the Bill and Ted films. Sure, I could see that. And, and Dogma. And I. Which and, also has George Carlin, and not if I, Rufus. Right. And if I recall, I think I heard somewhere once, legit, that Kevin said he named that character Rufus as a nod to, to Bill and Ted. And that's what Carlin's. I'm thinking character i think he said that somewhere so um i i think it was a loving homage to uh to carlin and i saw it immediately because i did know his daughter was name was kelly just through my oh i did yeah i knew it too i just didn't i wanted to tell the audience more no no yeah but as soon as it popped up i'm like that's for carlin's daughter Yep. Which is a weird thing to like have information like that, you know, like what's George Carlin's daughter's name? Kelly. Everyone knows that, right? Yeah, I'm a fan. Are you sure I'm not a fan? <laughs> like, you know, it's like um it's just weird. <laughs> it's just a weird thought process. Um I thought uh I think her name was Holland Taylor. I liked her. She plays uh Rufus's ex wife or widow. She's the head of the universe at that point. Say it again, I'm sorry. What about her? I think her name is Holland Taylor. The woman who plays the head of the universe, Rufus's ex-wife. Yes. I'll look. Yeah. I like her. She's from, she's most famous, especially 10 years ago, as the mother of the two men and two and a half men. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is Holland Taylor. Yeah. Um, I, Steph and I periodically keep seeing her, like, in random things. Like, she was in this, uh, this series called Mr. Mercedes. Okay. And she is, she is like easily one of the best like character actors. You know, she's one of the best parts of the show on a whole. Sure. She's just a big breath, breath of fresh air. Uh, the woman who played Carlin's daughter, who played Rufus's daughter. I thought she was fine. I Kristen think, Shaw. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, she, she, ironically enough, she looks like she could be Carlin's daughter. Right. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like that when they when they made this casting, if they're not going to actually cast Kelly Carlin, I think they did a a right. They did it right. So speaking of casting, I don't remember who plays uh, the uh, Ted's daughter, but fucking Bill's daughter. That is Samara Weaving. That's Hugo Weaving's niece. Yep. Who? Well, that's Bill's. If, no, that's Bill's daughter. 
It's Bill's. Yeah, I said it's Bill's daughter. I thought you said Ted's daughter. My fault. I said I couldn't remember who played Ted's daughter. Okay, I think it's it. That's Bridget Lundy Payne. I don't know who that is. She she did a fucking spot like spot on Ted impression. Like they both did great goddamn jobs as their fathers. But the fact that they got Samara Weaving, fucking like Agent Smith's niece to play fucking. No, I think it's his like, daughter. No, it's his niece. I just I just read it. I'm pretty sure it's his daughter. I'm going back to it now. It's his, it's Hugo Weaving's niece because I looked it up because I I first noticed her in this movie called Ready or Not, and I swear I was watching Margot Robbie, and it just wasn't her because they both look a lot alike. They're both from Australia. Mm. Um, the only difference is it's it's. It's Hugo Weaving's eyes on Margot Robbie's everything. <laughs> That's really the difference. Is like you look in those eyes, you you fucking see Mr. Anderson. Like that's really the difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's it's and I think as soon as Keanu is like, I knew your uncle, you're in. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's really yeah. that like it didn't take much of a stretch of like him working with her. And she's great. She, they, the girls were great, and I love the fact that, like, spoiler alert, they're the fucking ones that basically are the they write the song. See, now that I have a small problem with, not because it's girls, but again, to me, it goes against the original mythos of the, sure. the franchise. I, I don't have a problem with them if they were like continuing, like again, mm-hmm. to the point that if they had broken up, as opposed to mm-hmm. never finding the song in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And the world started to fall apart because they broke up. And then the girls wrote a song. They kind of helped bring it back together, maybe with the help of their fathers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I'm on board. You know what I mean? But the fact that it's the original, you know, to use a, a Matrix term, the one, right? Mm-hmm. It's the one song. I, it, and again, to me, it's not because it's women. It's because it goes against the myth. No, no, no. You- well, you, it's you more for the point. audience. You've hit your point. I, yeah. I, 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 I understand it's not about them being women. It's just that they're not Bill and Ted. And that's more for the audience, though, not for you. But I mean, like, no, I know I, you yeah, know. But, I, but I, we get it. I think yeah. the people that the, the listeners get it by now. Okay. Um, um, uh, we just live in a world where you have to be careful of that kind of stuff. So. I think I I think it's I think that's fair. I think it's I think it's better to be safe than sorry. But yeah. I think, you know, you, you've defended your point. Um, my whole thing on Face the Music is that I do agree that it does rewrite history. But the thing about time travel and time, you know, fluctuation and all that shit, and I didn't mean to say fluctuation, I meant to say fluctuation. You did say fluctuation. Yeah, so I just want to clarify that, oh. you, like, if someone was like, you didn't say fluctuation, right? I'm like, no, I meant that shit on purpose. Yep. Um, that it's time is always fucking up. Like, like you can argue the point that, well, everything that happens is going to happen because if it didn't happen, there wouldn't have been a future for them to send Rufus back to fix. Well, see, I, I have a bigger problem with them going into the future to find the song. Yeah. Because the way they're building the story within this movie alone, we're not even talking about the whole mythos within this movie alone. If they don't perform it at MPG, MP46 at 717, the world existence stops, right? Which, 
So yes. if that's happening, how is there a future for them to go to to get the song? Like, there's a lot of plot holes here. You know what I mean? The, there's one that really that I found absolutely funny. It basically is a time paradox. Sure. Uh, it's from Excellent Adventure, though. So I have to give, well, I have to find it. While you're looking for it, the other thing that I kind of have a thing with is nobody real. Nobody really kind of has a thing, the fact that, um, like, it'd be different if they were recording in a studio, but the fact that everyone in the world is seeing Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong perform <laughs> in 2020, come on. Like, uh, yeah, I, like if they I record- would have lost my shit. Oh, no, I would have lost my shit too because it's amazing. But I'm saying, like, yeah, Jimi Hendrix was in Wild Stallions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Mozart. Mozart, yeah, Mozart and Hendrix and Louis. Like the other two, the one's a cave woman that nobody's ever fucking heard of. Like, great, that works. You know what I mean? And right. it, she suddenly knows how to play a cymbal is a little our, interesting to me too, but that's a different our, our, our apologies to those diehard fucking cave people. Of, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh okay, so here's the paradox. Uh, <laughs> Rufus never introduces himself to Bill or Ted. Again, this is for the first film. The future Bill and Ted introduce him to their past selves at the Circle K. This provides an example of a casual loop paradox. See? I'm trying to I'm trying to play the scenes out in my head to see if that's accurate. <laughs> it's accurate because I looked it up. I double watch. I double checked the fucking scene, and it's like, oh shit! The, like, you know, listen to Rufus. He knows what he's talking about. So when do they find out his name's Rufus? Because they have exactly. to find out at some point to say it. Exactly. Exactly. He never says, "My name is Rufus. Nice to meet you." You know, here are the seven words you can't say on television. <laughs> um, damn. Wow. Yeah. I think you just broke my brain, buddy. That's why it's it's a fucking casual loop paradox. I think I think I think you broke my you hurt my soul. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. Um, no, like. You know, that's the thing, though, and we've said this before. You, you, you watch any movie enough and analyze it enough, you're going to find holes. There's very rarely a perfect movie. So, there, I mean, even in that, even in just that scene alone, when Bill, the future Bill and Ted go back to tell past Bill and Ted, like, hey, don't forget to, you know, wind your watch. Like Which that isn't even why segment. they're there. They're there because they missed Dial, but that's beside right. the point. Yeah. That sequence is a different, like, the, the amount of speaking to each other in the background and to Rufus is significantly different than the first time it plays out in the movie. No, it's about the same. I, I not, watched for that. Not according to fucking trivia. Well, they lied. They lied on that one. Um, but look, I, we're arguing, we're, we're talking about a movie that like shoves like eight fucking figures in one phone booth. Yeah. Which, which by the way, I did like the fact that, that that evolved as well. They went like, like in the first, in the first one, the, the antenna is very much like a TV antenna and it, it snaps and they have to like repair, you know, like that's, I, 
I, I don't know if you ever had to fight with rabbit ears on a television but, oh, yeah. or oh, on yeah. a stereo or something. So, like, it absolutely would break like that, you know. And the fact that, okay, like, within three years, the technology was, okay, we realize that's a problem. Let's come up with a new thing. And it's like a dome-shaped thing that pops up that's kind of a solid piece. But even so, even more so that by the time you get to the third one, they've, they've kind of figured out that phone booths are, like, an obsolete thing in in the time period they're going back to, and so it's a different it's a different travel device altogether. Now Bill and Ted sure. still use the, the thing, but that's because they steal like a retro. That's like retro tech tech at that point. So right. it's I like that that they they you know to the technology goes with the timeline to a degree. You know what I mean. It, it is kind of amazing how like the phone booth is like the one thing that like can date a movie and date a situation. We were just so... talking about that with the Matrix too, because we that's were talking how about they that use... with the Matrix yeah. and with like Superman, where even when like Superman walks by a phone booth, like he's ready to fucking jump in. Yeah, and it's one of those open unbooth phone booths back in like the like late eighties, early nineties. You know, the one without the fucking yeah, door yeah. hinges. Yeah. You just, um, um, uh, I would, do you have anything more to add? I do. I have one more, more thing I want to say. Is like, I think as much as I love this franchise, that, that we're kind of done with Bill and Ted. However, yeah, if if because we know studios are all about making more money, right? You know, and mm-hmm. if they can squeeze more blood from a stone, they'll fucking try. Um, mm-hmm. If you're gonna continue this franchise, you pick it up with those two girls. Like, like, and maybe just for the sake of tying it together, you get a cameo from, you know, from the dads, from the dads. Like they show up in a scene or the, or like a small sequence, but it's not centered around them. It's centered around the girls because to your point, they were great. They really, Mm -hmm. they, they felt more like Bill and Ted than Bill and Ted felt like Bill and Ted to me. You know what I mean? At that point. Yeah. I, I hated I, all the I, future iterations, like the prison Bill and Ted, and the the like, right, I hate, right, yeah. right. I I felt like I I kind of alluded to this a little bit, like Keanu especially was the most serious because, like in the first two films, he is all smiles and like energetic and he's bobbing his head. He's got his arm raised. And this one, he just looks super confused. But I could see life beating him down over 20 years. Like I'm kind of on with that. I mean, I get your point, but like my point is though, that like those girls embodied the spirit of the characters of Bill and Ted and yet gave them their own thing because they're clearly, while they do a lot of the, the dude and whatever, like, Bill and Ted do, they're also clearly more intelligent. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. You know, they, they understand music theory. They understand music history. They and, have smart moms, for sure. For sure. But it, it really would work. It, like, I would watch a continuation of that world with those girls. I absolutely would be on board for that. I, I don't know why. I mean, it's just my my thought process. But I would like I have this like title of like Bill and Ted, the first daughters or something akin to that, where it's like like I could just see those girls like doing something political, like for some reason, I, like I, I don't want that that I don't want. They can be smarter and maybe more successful in life than Bill and Ted. I'm fine with that. But like 
I'd rather them be teaching like a music theory class at a college or something. Sure, you know, you know yeah, like, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, as um, opposed to being in politics. But I, I, I kind of get where you're going. I think. Do just... you do you think it's this this fascinating thing that like these these duos like Jay and Bob and like Bill and Ted, and presumably if they made a Wayne's World three, mm. that it's always daughters like Jay and Bob. Like the well, I mean. Jay and Bob, at least, I mean, we both know why that happened. Yes. That's pure fucking nepotism. He wanted to put Harley in the goddamn movie, and that's really what that boils down to. But I love the fact they basically made the joke that I'm like, it's Kevin Smith's daughter, but it's Jay's kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. she looks more like she's the offspring of a muse than a Smith. I suppose. Um, I think that's, that's more because... Well, but even fucking Jay, Jason Muse has a daughter. It's, it's just kind of an interesting thing that all these um, like all these men that have corrupted boys over the years now have daughters to fucking this, like have the ultimate revenge. Th- this is going to sound worse than I mean it, and I will do my best to explain myself. But I think uh, some of this, some of this, especially something like the Bill and Ted, but the daughters is a product of me, too. And and okay. and trying to be like, okay, we need more women main characters, which I agree with a hundred percent. There should be more, but I think whenever you have a movement like that, right, things mm-hmm. start to swing too far in one direction. Now it'll it'll level out because it always does, but I think that that them being daughters as opposed to still being boys. Or, or even maybe a mixture like a daughter and a son, you know what right. I mean, is a product of that. Now, that said, I don't have any problem with it, but I, I think that it, it, that's where it comes from. I think I, don't think so much in, in reboot. I think that's mm-hmm. really, I, I, I think what I said that's is because really, he had a daughter already, so it makes sense. Correct, and I think, yeah. and I think that's also why, um, uh, Amy. Has, has a daughter but that that was that was honestly it was like that's jason muse having a daughter and then kevin smith be like hey man i got an idea well that's like, what i'm saying but if if he had had a son if logan had been a boy which for yeah. those of you not familiar is jay's child's real name if well, logan had been a boy then then Amy, they would have put him. They would have put him in a dress and called him Amy. No, I think it would have been the same car. It would have been the same outcome. It just would have been a boy instead of a girl. I really do. Yeah, I disagree because Kevin Smith had Harley dressed up as Baby Silent Bob. Yeah, but Logan would have been too old to pull that off. Like Harley dressed as Baby Silent Bob, you couldn't tell the goddamn difference at that at her age at that time. Nah, Logan maybe. Logan is old enough that if. If if Muse had a son that was the same age, you would have known the difference. So they would, they just wouldn't. I, I think they would have had the chasing Amy joke for this sole purpose of like we named our daughter Amy. You just never see the daughter. I mean, maybe I, I possibly, but because I think, that's just good goddamn writing. I'm sorry, it is. But I also think he would would have wanted to work Muse's kid into the movie, so maybe not there, but he would have been sure. somewhere if he had a boy. But um, listen, I'm not again. It, it is what it is, and I and I and I think whenever you like I said you have a movement like this, it does tend to swing a little too far at one point, but it will level. It does level out as well, and I think it's starting to already. 
you know, I happen to I happen to agree with you, and I agree that it's not a bad thing because more often than not, when it's a kid, like more often than not, it's always a son, especially yes. if it's like an action movie in like the '90s, and then they like the like example, uh, the Mummy, they have a son uh-huh. who, and then. But and but I would argue that like in the eighties it was always a brother son combo. It was always a representation of a boy and a girl like escaped witch mountain or something like that. Sure. You know, sure. And then I do agree that in this modern day era, it's it's girl, it's daughters, and then it's also adoption as well. So like even though she's not adopted, uh, just as an example, Millie. In reboot, in Jane Saw Bob reboot, her friend is black and deaf. Mm-hmm. She's not adopted, but where the fuck are her parents? So it's all this, it's this open-ended inclusionary of and I I don't think Kevin Smith is like, oh, we have to include this because this is what people are demanding. I think it makes sense to have a silent character who's also deaf. I also, think, I also think he is that aware, though. I don't think he's doing it. See, some 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 directors, writers do it out of fear. Kevin doesn't do it out of fear. Kevin does it out of realization that this should be a thing and therefore does said thing. You Kevin I mean? is more woke. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm i not a fan of that phrase. That phrase is starting to irk me a bit. So that's why I put it the way I did. But sure. Okay. Well, you know. he is awakened. I mean, is that better? Either, I, I, I'm just saying he realized, you know, and I mean, the same thing here with, with Bill and Ted. Like, I'm, I'm again, I'm fine with this. I really right. have no problem with it. But I'm it, buddy. I think I, I don't think we have to defend ourselves. I think we I are do, acknowledging because fucking oof. having daughters in a movie and saying, oh, wow, it's interesting. They had daughters in the movie. I think that's a re- the response to the Muse 2 movement is our honest opinion. It's not us being sexist or misogynistic or even saying what a what a belittling thing to do. And, yeah. oh, it's just the liberal agenda because we are liberals. So we're like, that. yeah, fuck yeah, yeah with your fucking girls and shit. Yeah. Also, I, I think it's the classic joke. I think men who corrupt boys should have daughters to be like, oh, shit. Like, who's going to fucking, like, like, I, you know, I, I was always trying to go with teenage girls. Now I have teenage girls. Am I going to be okay with this? Like, yeah, it's, it's that natural, yeah, it, yeah, it no, for makes sure. good comedy foil. Oh, absolutely. Uh, comedy fodder. I mean, to say, you know, especially guys are like, whoa, they're babes. And it's like, wait, our daughters are babes. That's weird. Like, this is. This is like a cosmic joke on us. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially especially Jay and Bob. Yeah. The fact that Jay has a daughter mm-hmm. where he's like, hey, baby, ever had your asshole licked by a fat man overcoat? Yeah. Is not something that like that is poetic justice. The fact that like imagine Millie being like, oh, man, I can't. I don't feel too good. He's like, what's wrong, man? It's like, oh, I'm having my periods. Like, ew, I don't want to, ew. Yeah. You mean there's yeah. blood coming out of your vagina? She's yeah. like, yeah, that's how biology no, works. No, he would like, say pussy. He would say blood coming out of your pussy for sure. He's like, oh, man, there's blood coming out of your boo-boo kitty fuck? Like, yeah. all right, that yeah. being said, I, I'm, look, man, I'm good if we never talk about Keanu <laughs> for a very long time. Hey, motherfuckers, get ready for a long closing that us podcasters are obligated to do. I try to make this funny, so bear it all with me. If you're currently listening to this after an episode, then you already know how to find us. But if someone played this for you and you need directions, 
then you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts, or simply Google us. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. Also, we do it live. Fuck it. Sorry. What I mean to say is we show off our shenanigans every Friday on GetVocal.com slash PodAskew. That is vocal, spelled V-O-K-L. This is a way for our fans and friends and family to interact with us and occasionally offer to pay for therapy. Catch these interventions at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do the math if you're not in either of those time zones. Also, if you happen to like us individually, I do a live reading of books called Rico's Reads. This means I take a look and read a book. Currently, I'm waiting for LeVar Burton to sue my literate ass. But I add funny voices and say fuck a lot. So it's not true plagiarism. So let me tuck your ass in on Thursdays on GetVocal.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for you West Coast dudes, that means 4 p.m. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Potaskew. I am at Rance Rico. And CJ is at M underscore Blade. Clearly, he put more thought into his username than I. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. The dude is our very own Michelangelo. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And fucking finally, and most important, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to. We want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I. You guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Hang tight for the post-credit. Damn it. I need a smoke. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. Damn it. Thank you.